going on, everybody? This is Eat Sleep Elite back at it again with an entirely new sound, look, feel, vibe. We are still the same pod, though. Um, not a thunder and rock and roll because we're not fucking Mark. But but um, we have a lot of really great wrestling to dissect, discuss this week, Charlie. Uh, just we got um, a lot. We got a lot this week. There's uh, there's some tonnage, as they say. But uh, before we get into all that, there's actually some other stuff. Normally, I would do a different kind of style of intro to this. And so I would have already introduced who we are to you. But now we're, we're flying by the two fans. We're trying something new. So let us know below. Well, not below. We're not on YouTube. But if you're on a podcast platform and you have a way to, you know, like either via Twitter or like in like a review or something like that, if you want to give your thoughts on this style of intro compared to what we've normally done, let us know because we're, we're looking for the, you know, the vibe see what we're going for but this is my good friend charlie i am the duke of Thurb. so we do a podcast every week called eat sleep Lee, where we break down and review all this cool wrestling stuff that happens in the aw world and sort of the uh, outer sort of bands of it if you will on the edges the fringes of the galaxy if you will um but yeah out in the unknown regions as they say where we're fucking kylo ren sleek you know the, sneaking around but the outer um, worlds Hello, what have we here? Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, he, I guess he hangs out in the outer room, too. He must. I, that's always where I assumed Bespin is. It's probably in the middle of the fucking galaxy, let's be real. <laughs> but that's how Star Wars it'll be. It'll be like, oh, yeah, this looks, seems like a fucking planet that would be, like, way off on in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then you find out Tatooine's actually a core world. And you're like, wait, what? No, it's not actually. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you find some shit out like that. And you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, fine. But anyway, so, yeah. Um, but before we get into the main stuff on the podcast, there's some other stuff that I got to take care of first. Like I mentioned the podcast platforms before you might be listening to this on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, you know, any of those platforms, you know, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, we would like to hear your feedback. We appreciate you, you know, getting a follow or subscribe or whatever the button is on that platform of your choice that you happen to be enjoying this beautiful podcast on. But as well, make sure you go ahead and follow us both on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E and Charlie with an a- oh Charlie with an X instead of an A. And this week is I don't know if it's odds or evens. You tell me because I actually don't remember. But I know who it is. I just don't remember which. It's thirty eight, so it's yep. even. Even. So I guess yep. that makes it you then, buddy, buddy, buddy. Who's going to be going up first with our favorites? We got a lot of news to talk about, so I don't know. If we'll spend as much time as we need on our favorites like we normally do. But I don't want to rush you or anything. But we got a lot to talk yeah. about, brother. So let's let's yeah, try and so, uh, keep it amid this. Absolutely, and yeah, guys. This week, um, the favorites. It, it was it was a little hard sometimes to watch wrestling after uh, Wrestle <laughs> That's Kingdom. That's what I was feeling during some matches. Wait, yeah. after Wrestle Kingdom, it was it was a little hard to watch some matches uh, with in a vacuum. I guess you could say, right? However, what are we going to fucking space? Yes, we are. However, I still had a favorite match. That's the opener, baby. Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho. This was just, I mean, dude, Lord I, God. The crowd, incredible. This was our fresh new opening package. The entrance stage, it looked really beautiful. Uh, the Contron, I believe you were, you dubbed it. Oh, hell yeah. The fucking Contron. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. But no, man, this I, this was just such a fun little match. And you know what? We we were wondering after the match with MJF, where's Ricky Starks going to lie on the card? Well, yep. motherfuckers, the answer is at the top. He just beat Chris Jericho clean as a sheet. The crowd was super loud, and they got behind Ricky Starks throughout this match. I, I think for 2023, 
you know, it's not only the brand new beautiful intro, it's going to be a brand new beautiful year for our one of our pillars, Ricky the Pillar Starks. So the revolution the is televised. Starks. Um, yeah, I also loved uh, how he doesn't have any friends, so Action Andretti's been helping him out. It's cool that they're keeping him involved, you know. Uh, hey guys, your makeup looks much better on Action Andretti than it did Eddie Kingston, right? So, <laughs> a little little applause oh, there. Yeah, there buddy. The Eddie Kingston one was so bad, I think they didn't want to put the cameras on him anymore after a certain point. True. But yeah, really fun stuff. Ricky Starks, big dubs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what did you think of this one? And then what's your uh, what's your favorite? Well, yeah, like you mentioned, the crowd was with this one like from the beginning, so it was like really tight, uh, like wrestled, like they uh, stiffly, I guess I should say. Um, you know, like they so they kind of like kept it, like they kept the crowd invested because, like you know, sometimes when the wrestling is really good, even like or even like it's like a solidly good story, like I feel like the crowd kind of just die out sometimes, even at the beginning of a show, just because like. You know, they're excited to see wrestling, but if they're just sick of seeing what they're seeing, you know, or they're just, they've seen it a lot. This is something completely new, though. Like, I didn't think this, like you were saying, like, where's, where's Ricky going to be going? I didn't know if it was going to be here, but that, you know, ended up working out. Um, Because Jericho can end up being kind of like a roadblock for some people. Like, he'll be locked in with Jericho for the next couple of months now. That's how this always goes, you know, but, um, yeah. but it'll be good. So it won't matter, you know, as long as it's not like too drawn out. But that being said, you know, obviously that means action will be as well. So a lot of stuff could could come out of that. Um, they did some really good stuff. There were some good spots, like some brutal, like the off the apron stuff. Jericho needs to stop with that. Like it's it's just getting nuts. He's gonna die, but he's gonna die out there. Um, oh golly! Oh, there was a really nice counter in there. The Rochambeau got countered into a walls at one point. I thought that was pretty good. Um. And uh, it's like I said, it was like uh, overall wrote in my mouth. My, 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 I wrote in my mouth, you know. I wrote in my notes that it was a really great match, and uh, yeah, just Lord Rickard going in there, and they did a power bomb like off the apron through the table. Um, you know, after Andretti tried to make the save, you know, getting some heat, brother. You know, getting some of that, some of the good old JAS heat there for him. I think with Hager did that that power bomb off the off the apron. You know, um, good stuff. Yeah, very good stuff. Is it just a great? Again, if you want to start off this new dynamite with a bang, right? I mean, that's how you do it. Hello, what have we here? So, as we tend to do on this show, uh, brother, brother, you know, when we, when, when we pick, we end up doing this a lot. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know why. It, it, it's not on purpose, y'all. This isn't a gimmick. Like, I just we just pick the matches that we like, and it just happens to work out like that. So, we're bookending again this week. Don't worry about it, y'all. It's fine. We're going to Rampage, baby! Um, and to be nobody's surprise at all, you know, I don't think even you were surprised, Charlie. Like, um, well, maybe a little bit. You were, I was trying to get you to be like, yeah, this is what it is, but it's like, hey, whatever, you know. Honestly, there are some weeks where shit hits me kind of differently. Like, th- that on the right week, that Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal match, that might have been my favorite just because that was it, how it worked in the moment, you know. Like, but you know, uh, Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy. To, this has been a, a storyline that I've been like championing for a little while here. I remember when I first saw the two of them, like kind of sort of like hinting at it. I was like, oh man, that'd be so good. You know, I really hope they go with that. And they did. And it was really great. Um, what I was saying to you, Charlie, actually, before we went live, or I guess we're not really live, but before we hit the record button was, I really hope they don't just kind of like forget about Kip and he goes like and disappears with a with box on his head for a year again, because like that was cool and it was a good buildup, but it didn't really do anything for the guy. So, you know, this has done more for him, I think, than that ever did. So um, I'd like to see them do some more with him. I hope this is the thing that kind of opens people's eyes to him. 
Um, but that being said, I guess I'll get into the match a little bit. So it was kind of like the other match. They kind of really started really quickly. They didn't want to slow the pace to this at all. Yeah. Um, and that kind of worked nicely because out of this uh, previous segments, we had like a couple of promo segments backstage that were a little slower. And after a slightly not slow, because that's not what the match was with Jade, but like slower than the previous pace match on the show. Um, just because, you know, that's just Jade's style. Um, and so it was like, it was a nice yeah, interlude yeah. in between. What were you saying? Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, when when there's four and a half minutes of a heel just kind of bullying, it's like, yeah, that that slows that pace down. Yeah, absolutely. But like, like you said, that's the style. So that segment. Yeah, no, again, that's just the way Jay wrestled. So it works and it works in the middle of like a three match show. You know, if it's not going to be like super thick with that stuff and it's good that they started in including promos and stuff like this, because Battle for the Belts could end up really boring if it was just like matches and nothing like, really in between. So it's like it's like an extra hour of AEW given the, uh, some weeks, which is really nice. You know, like think about that. When would WWE just give you an extra hour that you actually like? You know, like, think about it. I always sometimes think, man, Rampage, when it does this, and it's kind of funny, it's almost like a two-hour Rampage is is what they kind of book it as. And I think exactly. it can work, man. And I mean, it literally, and yeah. actually, I will say this, we're not talking about this match right now, but it carried right into the next match. But we also picked up right with Darby Allen still in the ring. You know what I mean? Uh, that's a really nice feel to it. It feels like it's just a continuation, you know? Um, so that was cool, but... Yeah, Kip and, and did some really good stuff. Oh, and there was a really funny little uh, reference to the cranberries where we was sitting there like uh, in the chair on the side of the ring with the oranges glasses on. He started singing cranberries uh, zombie. That was pretty <laughs> good. I like that. Um, he's just a great evil fucking bad guy. I was saying to you also, I, this guy should be like the British villain in a movie. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I don't, yeah, uh, the body came out at one point. Uh, they did a brutal anarchist DDT, like neckbreaker, like the corkscrew thing. I gotta just keep calling that the anarchist DDT because the the the, the corkscrew neckbreaker just doesn't sound. I'm sorry, Excalibur. It doesn't matter how you say it. Corkscrew neckbreaker just doesn't sound that interesting. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, Bunny did get sent to the back at one point by uh, some Dan House and shenanigans. Um, and then Butcher and Blade came in to replace. So it was kind of like, uh, okay, well, you activated my trap card. You know, like, <laughs> all yeah, right. yeah. Congratulations. You know, You've got her kicked out, but now you've got two more. Now there's some me. And then uh, Best Friends eventually got involved. But um, there was also uh, a sequence of uh, uh, moves that I really enjoyed. So there was like the penalty kicks that they did back and forth, the little Shibata reference there. Um, they also did uh, this sequence of moves where it's like sort of like uh, like leg trapped, sort of Michinoku driver type move. It's not that, but it's similar to that. I forget what it's called that, that Kip does. He hit that. Uh, Orange attempted to hit a DDT at one point. I think they got blocked. Maybe I was out on the floor or in the ring. He did. They did various combinations of both. Um, and then uh, at some point, Orange lost his um, arm, and he might have been loading up for an Orange punch. But then Kip grabbed it. You know, sort of corrupted the corruption on that, and then threw his own Orange punch. But then Orange Cassidy no sold that. It was pretty sick. The crowd got really hyped. Hit the ropes a couple times. Hit that sort of like that spinning tornado DDT. Um, and then eventually, you know built back up some momentum, hit the orange punch, got the one, two, three. And I just have a question for you, Charlie, coming out of this after best friends coming in to make the save after butcher and blade being involved. Do you think this is over here? Do you think we're going somewhere else? Do you think orange Cassidy has another opponent going for it? Like where, where are we going with this? I hope it's not over. I, I would love to see this continue if possible, but with Kip losing, it makes it a little more difficult, but yeah, what's gonna happen with the best friends, right? I mean, that's the that's the key thing here. We we almost thought they best were gonna win versus the acclaimed. Uh, yeah, could be. I remember we thought they they had a good chance to win the trios titles because they it was them and uh, Death Triangle. 
if, like, if they well, were to continue this and Orange were to lose the title, I could see that maybe like as a not as the winning it, but like whoever comes out of the best of seven, you know, it could be the next yep. ones they face maybe because coming out and, of that best of seven is gonna be tough to book something that's longer than a couple weeks for a little while just because you had the same story for like two months, you know, like literally. So and. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, we do know Kip's going to go wrestle in DDT, so maybe that means they're going to push him away from this. But that's still like a month away, I believe. So, Yeah, a lot of people, I think, were initially thinking that, man, he might win it here. He could have won it here, and it would have made sense, you know, especially if he carried it for a little cool bit. With it, but yeah. you got time, so. And even he doesn't need to do that. Like, it would even be kind of cool. Maybe he won over there and won, like, a championship. And, and, you know, That'd be cool. And with uh, the Book of Hobbs also being on the show, and now he's kind of aligning himself with a target, we just don't know who yet. Maybe they don't know who yet. I'm assuming they do. Um, it could be Orange Cassidy as his target. So we might be moving straight into that, Hobbs versus Cassidy, which would be pretty fun. But to the match, everything you just said, uh, I thought this was fantastic. Sabian has so much fun, and... When we saw Orange fire up to the point of even shoving the ref, I mean, this was awesome. Oh, yeah, I remember I forgot to hit on that. Yeah, he this was Paul a different Turner. side of him. And as soon as he shoved him, he was like, well, holy shit, what have I become? What am I becoming? Who am I? And Kip had a really nice sequence there to almost win it. And then uh, the Orange punches happened. And I thought this was fantastic. I mean, it's going to be hard to put an Orange Cassidy match over the Shibata match. So I thought that was so damn good, but man, this might be it so far. I mean, this might have topped it. Are we going toward Dark Orange, Cassie? Are we going toward Burnt Orange? <laughs> burnt Orange? Um, I mean, we might be, and the fact of that is just, that's so fucking cool. I, I really, was really happy with that. I was really content. So, yeah. Okay, guys, that being said, those were our favorites, as always. We got to start out on a happy news? note, got, right? Is there news? Do we got, do we got stories? Is there <laughs> we stuff got, happening? We got a little bit of news Davinky? Davinki? Okay, so here's how we're going to do the news, guys. We're going to kick this off. We're going to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. Because I'm sure a lot of you guys see that in the title and you're like, oh, shit, Wrestle Kingdom? They're covering it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it is New Japan, but there is two, we got what? Two of our favorite AEW talents on there. FTR and, FTR and Kenny Omega are on the show. So it's like, immediately that was, if we're talking, looking for an excuse to cover it, sure. We also had the debut of, and I'm going to say it again, my favorite women's wrestler ever debuted on the show so she's uh this is gonna be pretty cool damn okay. she had a fucking look going on too god yeah, she damn did. so we're just gonna run through the results we're gonna spend more time on others than some obviously and yeah so wrestle kingdom 17 i i actually did catch this one live i will this say was, by the way i didn't take notes on any of the stuff from wrestle kingdom i just watched it so yep, i might have and a, that's like a, fine a, a and i'll memory exactly all right perfect and i'll got i'll kind of guide us through this okay so we're not going to touch the pre-show stuff because that was setting up uh, stuff later in the day. Uh, they are making an Antonio Inoki movie that was announced. I think that's pretty cool. You know, we always love our movies here. So, all right. We kicked us off with some United Empire versus Chaos. It was Catch-22, Francisco Akira and TJP taking on the new Chaos team of Leo, which is Leo Rush and Yo. Holy fuck. This is how you open up the show. We've said this for years. They're junior tag team championships. When we used to watch, you know, it was the perfect way to start the show because it gets everyone kind of in tune. They're all ready for the action. And I, I'm a big fan of Catch-22. That is the only United Empire faction we did not see in AEW last year. 
I would love to bring them over. And I, I imagine we're going to see more Will Ospreay. And I mean, given they have a good, they have a good relationship with him. So I imagine we're going to see more Will Ospreay. Well, more do they? I mean, Kenny went backstage and basically bitched the guy out. I mean, yeah. So I imagine we're going to see more of that guys. I can't say this enough. Leo rush. I, I still think might be the biggest fumble of 2022 for AEW. This guy is fucking incredible. I think he would fit in so well right now with what Dante and those guys are doing. You could have, you could have brought in AR Fox as like the closing chapter of that faction. And it's literally top flight AR Fox and Leo rush. Imagine that trio before that, Darius that came faction back. Fucking runs AEW right now. Not, not right? even a joke. Like that could have had think, the, the momentum that the acclaimed did. Honestly, like and, with Leo. And you know what? Good for Leo for getting this spot. Good for TJP getting the fucking the opening match at Wrestle Kingdom. I know the pre-show happened, but you know what I mean? Getting the opening match on Wrestle Kingdom. These and guys pre-show me show. And you know what? They fucking they kicked ass. Uh, yeah, good stuff here. Big fan of Yo Show and Yo. So I like seeing they took that names match. and kicked ass or kicked names and took ass. Wait, hold on. <laughs> we then jump into our IWGP Women's Championship. We had Kyrie and she took on a defeated Tom Nakano. This was pretty short, but I thought for the time it was given, I thought it kicked. I thought it was really solid. It was fantastic for honestly, I think it was a five minute match. I, I was setting up myself, set myself up for like a 20 minute, like, here we go. Yeah, that's Let's what I set. was thinking. That's the, that's the, I think we would agree. It was a bit of a cutoff. I was like, okay, uh, I would tell like it was just getting started. Ah. And I'd be lying if I said this wasn't my first time seeing Tom Nakano. And I thought she was, I thought she was brilliant. I, I'm more interested in stardom in 2023 than I ever have been. Yeah, it seems like Kyrie's doing some cool stuff with her new the new version of... And uh, I love Kyrie. If, yeah. Uh, from the Raudio podcast, I remember Hell, you yeah. loved her too. So uh, she, she was good. I, I remember seeing she got super, like, kind of buried in minutia on the main roster. Like, she just got, like, stuck in a bunch of stuff that was not worth her time, you know? Like, which sucks because she was really talented. But then the moment happens. The lights cut out. mercedes Monet formerly known as Sasha Banks, makes her way to the ring. She's in that robe that's with the Japanese flag. Um, she kind of reaches her hand out. She drops Kyrie with her new move. Unfortunately, I don't think Kyrie knew how to take the move. We've seen her do it in videos. And maybe she just didn't realize that she bounces up, but it's okay. Look, a lot of people are like, oh my God, career already buried. Shut the hell up, people. Come on. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's probably her first time ever taking the move. And she's now the CEO of the women's division. There's levels to that. She's no longer the boss, Garrett. She's the CEO. And she challenged Kyrie for Battle in the Valley in San Jose, which we'll talk about that in a second. But that's already sold out. All those people that reported that she's going to be going back to WWE immediately are going to be like, like not thinking that now. Eh, We'll get into that. She wants to wrestle. And her blue hair on fire was a fucking brilliant touch. The gear looked amazing. And I'm not afraid to say it, man. She is my favorite women's wrestler ever. Like she is, I, I will, I can't wait to follow her. I really hope she ends up in some capacity in an AEW match this year. Even if it's only at forbidden door, I hope in some capacity, she shows up in this company that we follow and we, we cover. So yeah. Uh, any other thoughts here? And what do you think of Mercedes now officially being, out in the world of wrestling, she's no longer in WWE. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if she can get some way into an AEW ring with somebody like Soraya or Tony Storm or Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa, Jamie when she Hader. comes back, 
Yeah, I mean, any of these people, if you could get them <clears throat> uh, just a one-off match, even Forbidden Door would be great because she's working with Stardom Wrestle, or sorry, Stardom New Japan like set up right now. That would make a lot of sense. I would expect with that with that new partnership there to be women on uh, Forbidden Door this year. I feel like if she's not back in WWE because like Vince, we'll get to the Vince stuff, but like when Vince, if Vince like goes goes away again or something or doesn't come back in creative way or something, you know, like um like i think like maybe if she doesn't end up back in wwe it's a good possibility she could be a forbidden door this year you know oh man I mean, we might be talking about her showing up next week i know there's some people still thinking now more than well, ever yeah i mean she could show up in the short term and do a match but i'm saying like so, i would like for her to show up to do like a, an angle for like a month leading up to that and then go back if she's gonna go to wwe like that would be great have her wrestle some matches on the indie scene get her name back out there have a different look a different vibe for a while and then finish finish her like half year at forbidden door that'd be great she's on a world tour so i uh i'm looking forward to that match um, I'm sure Battle in the Valley will have some AEW talent on it, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it. So, and we, that's literally before the next AEW pay per view. So, we're gonna be starving. Uh, okay, here we go. IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Bishamon. Is this? Hold on. Before just before we move on, is this the? Is this where we start like looking at other pay per views and like maybe do some of the minis on like stuff that's not AEW until we get another AEW pay per view? I, I think especially this year, I. I I, I think I'm more than open to it. I and don't expect it to become like a regular thing. Like we're not going to like weekly review. Like the only thing we'll probably do weekly reviews on when it starts is ring of honor. I'll, I'm guessing we'll probably do. Yeah. Well, we're going to incorporate that into our show. We have to, right? Well, I mean, we could even do like, if I wanted to, I could do like 30 minutes on ring of honor. If people wanted me to just do yeah. like, just like, cause like there'll be stuff that we don't spend as much time on, obviously. Cause it'll, I'm sure it'll be like an hour, you know, when it first starts or maybe even, even if it's longer, cause it's on Especially streaming, if we're taping you know? it at universal. Well, if it's on streaming, too, it doesn't even have to just be an hour. If they wanted to do a two-hour Ring of Honor show, they, there's no reason they couldn't, you know. They're, it's on streaming, you know. Yeah, you know? very true. All right. Our tag team of the year, our, by unanimous decision, was FTR. And they were the IWGP champions going into this. They lost the titles to Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Uh, I've been on record saying, I mean, Yoshihashi isn't my favorite wrestler. And I, I've never really thought... I've always thought Bishamon was a good tag team, even though he wasn't my favorite wrestler. So that kind of shows to you how well these guys work as a team. And when they were announced to be facing FTR, I was like, okay, not my first pick, but they're going to make it work. And of course they fucking made it work. It's FTR. They're the living legends. This, I, I thought this was really good. Um, unfortunately, FTR lost and they became pretty apparent after a certain point i was like ah shit they are losing everything aren't they we're going down the we're gonna go down a path of ftr can't win until they start winning again and then the redemption angle starts yeah i felt that back when they lost the ring of Honor titles i was like ah then they lost triple a then they lost the guns and now to this we're entering an angle would i have done that angle a thousand percent no but if i could see the future and see the outcome of the angle and maybe it ends with them in some insane fucking victory. I would have still done this angle just after they won the last title. Yeah. I, I hope I hope this ends up in a way where at Revolution or Double or Nothing, we're perhaps crowning them AEW tag champs. And, you know, they're back on their feet as living legends. But if we're going to run this angle, I'll, I'll look at this match in a vacuum. And here's what I'll say. I thought it was really good. It wasn't. It's really hard to compare it to the other New Japan tag match against United Empire. That's not fair, but 
these guys are good, man. They can go out there and wrestle anyone and make it a good match. They sold the shit out of everything, and they made Bishamon look like fantastic tag team champions. Bishamon got their moment inside the ring at Wrestle Kingdom. This was a fun. This was fun. They, they got to switch up that shit with. I know it's tradition for them to switch the tag titles at Wrestle Kingdom, but like that feels so like someone's got to be defending them at some point, you know? Like, yeah. But uh, what do you think of uh, this? Is our first FTR match this year? So, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think I think their role has continued. I think uh, I think I read something that like before the AAA match that they had recently, they weren't supposed to wrestle at all. And even in that match, like the AW Doctor was like, "Don't do that," and they wrestled again after that. So it's like you know, like what you know, whatever. Like uh, broken ass Dax over there, but literally broken. His ass is broken, but literally, but you know, um, yeah. But um, that being said, though, like I know it's a really good match. I, I like you said, like, I hadn't really had that much familiarity with Bishima, uh, Bishimon. Uh, how are you announce it? And um, other than but, like literally the uh, the world t- the tag team AEW tag team title eliminator match against the Young Bucks. Yeah, which that I remember really liking. Um, yeah, of course, you know I probably chalked a lot of that up to the Young Bucks at the time, just because they're the Young Bucks. But um, at the same time, I don't remember disliking that match. I remember even thinking that was fun. Um, so, I mean, I'm, you know, it's at the same time, like, um, I, I, everything that FTR does, I pretty much enjoyed, you know, Dax and, and Cash both bring sort of a certain level and sort of reality to wrestling that I can just enjoy and buy into, even if they're wrestling against someone that's not that style. I just, my head, I'm just like, no, this is, this is wrestling right now, you know, cause they almost don't let you wrestle them without wrestling a little bit of their style. So, you know, it's like, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So I, I actually really enjoyed it. I don't have anything specific that I think that really stuck out to me. Like you said, it wasn't like there was a spectacular match, but they did their job that they had to do here and they made the other two look really good, you know, so. Yeah. And, and Yoshihashi to me, for an example, it's like a lot of people, how they view evil. So I'll leave it at that. And I thought they got a really good match out of him. So, okay. New Japan pro wrestling world TV championship. This was the debut. We we've covered this title since its inception. We've covered, Who's going to be wrestling for it? We called it the TikTok championship because every match is on social media. Um, Wow. 10-minute match. Zack Sabre Jr., Ren Narita, who is coming around. He was a young lion. He's he's making his waves here and there. We watched something with Ren in it, didn't we? I want to say. Yep. Like. He, I think he was on Forbidden Door, too. He was, he was one of the first young lions that when we were kind of talking Japan in 2017, everyone was like, yeah, this guy is going to be good. So we're like, okay. Flash forward, you know, six years later, and here he is wrestling Sabre for a new title. Dude, I fucking love Zack Sabre Jr. Let me just say this. Nah, Every he's time got, this guy's in a match. Nah, he's trying to be Cody Rhodes with that hair. Someone did say, is that Cody Rhodes? True shit. Uh, but he is, there, he's an anomaly, man. There's no one like him. And he's he he uses that build that he has to just literally wrap up his opponents in the craziest way possible. As you guys know, Suzuki Goon has ended starting in 2023. So Zach was uh, uh, no longer in a group. TMDK came to the ring, former TM61 in uh, NXT, solid tag team. They just lost a member, uh, Bron- uh, Jonah, who's now back in WWE as Bronson Reed, being the Miz's heater. You know, he beat Okada a couple months back, but that's besides the point. Zack Sabre Jr. has now joined TMDK, joining Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols. Good on him, man. Those are some uh, oh, yeah, Australian. That's a, good... that's a good faction, dude. I'd love that to is see a those good faction. Show up. There's a good group that I would like to see in a trios match, dude. Is that your trios match for freaking Forbidden Door? Is that it right there? 
it could be it could be if they end up wanting to do Danielson and Saber, you know, depending on what happens with Danielson and MJF after, if they want to run that feud, now you got mixed tag matches that you can throw in there. Claudio Mox do- and and Danielson versus those three. Whew. Yep. So good stuff. I think this is a good spot for Zach. Um, I'm cool. I'm glad he won the title. I will always be a Zack Saber Jr. fan as well. And I will. I'm always going to root for him. And when we get the match with him and Danielson, I'm going to be very happy about it. <laughs> Any thoughts on uh, Saber winning uh, winning that first first champion of this new belt? I mean, you know, you want to put an established name on it. He's one of those guys that's never going to leave Japan, clearly, or at least not going to like branch out much from Japan, at least because this seems to do well there, you know. Uh, so, I mean, I can see him in AEW. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So, you know, he's, he's, he's yeah. like one of those guys that's locked up in Japan forever. But I guess I said that about Kenny, too. So. Never open weight championship. Tamatanga defeated WWE's Carl Anderson. Unlike the AEW stars where they put the AEW graphic next to the name, they did not for Carl Anderson. They put Bullet Club. Talking job. I'm not even going to, uh, I'm not even going to, uh, what's the term here? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is brutal. This was not good. Wow. Uh, yeah. And that's all I got to say. Uh, any, any words you got from this? Other than, to- I guess, congrats, Tamatanga from saving, uh, getting a title. I mean, I, any, any thoughts you had from this? Like what you said, what a fucking any... nightmare of a situation for New Japan this turned out to be. Like, yeah. it could have been the spawn of a relationship, and it was just bad blood. Like, yep. always, good can there never and... be good vibes between WWE and New Japan? Like, yeah. I wish there was, man. I, I really fucking wish there was. But goodbye and good riddance of Carl Anderson, I guess, huh? Talking shop. He's a fun guy, but Jesus. Uh, Ka- Kaiji Muto, did I say that right? Last New Japan Pro Wrestling match, Kaiji Muto, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shota Umino defeated LIJ, which was Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Look, this is his final match. He's wrestling with the past, the present, and the future. So, Muto, Tanahashi, and Umino. What a rise Umino's having. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to put it out there this second. I... I could see Umino's first world title, like going for the world title, being next Wrestle Kingdom. I could see him main eventing next Wrestle Kingdom already. If he has the type of 2023 that this started out as, because guess what? He got the pin. All right. I, I, I tell you how you, you get him on that path, too. At, at Dominion this year, you have him beat Moxley. Wouldn't that be something? Mentor, mentor. goes on with an incredible there. G1. Oh. I could see Shooter's first year being this year. People might be like, it's too soon. No, no, no. It was too soon when they did it with Okada, remember? That was not the case. He's going to be 28. I want to say they said the same thing about Tanahashi about the, as well. They probably you know, did. Like... But I remember with Okada, I was like, wait, is it too soon? No, it's not. It's fucking Okada. This guy is that good. And then Styles beat him, beat Styles, you name it. It was really You don't good. want none. Really good stuff. Okay, the here we community. go. The four-way. Hiroshi Tana, oh, Hiroshi, uh, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. We got Hiromu Takahashi, who defeated Taiji Ishimori, El Desperado, and Master Wado. I came on this show after the New Japan. Wait, you did what? <laughs> nice, nice. After watching the uh, Super Juniors, I believe it was called. I might be blanking on that, but uh, that was my first time seeing Master Wado. And I was like, dude, 
this guy has it all. And in this match, he looked like he could belong. Takahashi is like the goat for the junior title at this point, it feels like. He's like the current like goat for it. So him winning it here, that's not a big deal. Ishimori looked good. Desperado looked solid. But Master Wado, younger guy, but I felt like he really he looked like he belonged. This is a fun four-way match, and they're, they're, for the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, which is in a couple uh, couple weeks here, they announced some stuff after the show that these guys are going to be featured in. So, yeah, uh, any thoughts from this one? And what do you think of Takahashi picking up his fifth championship now? I mean, what what a what a rise for a guy like that, right? Like, um, <clears throat> winning five championships in, in New Japan, I mean, that's not nothing. Like, New Japan doesn't really throw championships around that much. People tend to hold them for a long time, except for, like, some of, the, like, the junior belts and some of the other random belts that they have. But, like, the most of the mainline ones, you don't really see, like, multi-person. That's the weird thing. Like, Kenny's only won the belt, I think, like, what, twice or something like that? Or maybe even once? Yeah, I think like, he's only won the world title once. Yeah, there you go. And Kenny has been known as like one of the guys for a long time, you know, same with uh, Jay, who's just recently got, you know, I think two, right? So like, you know, it's like, you know, and Jay's like a freaking Grand Slam champion. So, you know, like it's titles getting passed around. It's not a thing in New Japan. So anyone that can win like three, four, five titles at all ever, not just five different titles, but like five, you know what I mean? Like, so like, I don't know. I I, honestly, I think uh, New Japan. It, this is something I've I've seen some other people say, uh, Charlie as well, that it felt like for like a couple of years there, post pandemic, they they were kind of just dead, and like it feels like they're back now. I feel like this is one of those examples well, of that. New Japan Pro Wrestling is back, and the next match is an indication of that. IWGP United States Championship. Here's the thing: the hype level was for this match was through the roof because everyone, it's Omega's return to Japan, and Will Ospreay has been on such a tear since he, it, there was a switch, man. It was like in 2017 when he started transitioning from, point. he he was already one of the most athletic wrestlers in the business, but he was, you know, he had the dub of you know all the flippy shit. That was kind of all he did. That was all Will Ospreay did. He beefed up, he became a better wrestler and something around, around 2017 was the change. So everyone's been waiting. What's their singles match at Wrestle Kingdom going to be like? Okay. You guys have heard the buzz all week. If you haven't seen the match, just just do yourself a favor and go watch it. It's a really enjoyable match. This was, if not, the best heel performance of Kenny Omega's career. Again, heel Kenny Omega is so fucking good. It's kind of insane. And I, w- I will say this. Where... I, uh, how do I phrase this? Kenny Omega felt like such a bigger star in this moment again that he's ever felt in AEW. His star presence in New Japan Pro Wrestling is on another level. It kind of brought me back a few years. It brought me back to like 2017-2018. Cuz that during that time cuz especially when you know we didn't you know Ring of Honor was doing what it was doing but we we mainly just had NXT was really good for and you know raw was very questionable that was kind of when we were started like but kenny omega he, he every time we look at it, times yeah every time we look at kenny we're like holy shit this guy is such a star and i felt that again when he went to new japan here they he i, I wish i could describe it how how different it felt from the kenny omega we just saw last week wrestling in that match on dynamite it feels like a different man but the match oh my god 
This was absolutely impressive. Bell to bell. Uh, we were kind of talking earlier. It, it was nonstop, but it was nonstop in a way where there was still like a couple minutes where people are selling stuff, but you're so intrigued by what's still happening. You, you can't believe it. Um, some people are calling this, you know, their favorite match they've ever seen. The best of all time. Uh, Brian Alvarez was kind of talking about how everyone in AEW all day on Wednesday, because he was, uh, I guess he was at the show and everyone backstage at AEW all day, was just buzzing about this match. So it's stuff that makes me really happy because that lets me know they're also supporting, you know, their fellow co-workers and clearly a big stage. I bet this was really exciting for Kenny to go back there. He loved Japan. Will loves Japan. Will Ospreay fucking moved to Japan. He changed his whole life for that. And I, I just, well, I mean, so did Kenny. I mean, that's what makes this match so interesting just on paper is that like they, they basically both did the same thing with their lives. Like Kenny was a guy that grew up in Winnipeg wrestling. You may imagine his inspiration. So he maybe wasn't a Bret Hart guy, you know, but like he probably yeah. like grew up a little bit watching the hearts and like seeing their kind of wrestling. And so he probably came from, even though he ended up being what he was, probably had that basis but then he goes and he finds about all this japanese wrestling and stuff and then goes over there completely changes his lifestyle learns how to speak japanese you know what i mean like so and they, and they learn how to tell a wrestling match in a different light than we're used to seeing it sometimes just in a way that only really it happens in japan whether it was well, all I'll, japan pro fuck it i'll take or the time to talk about this because we never actually do this on this show but it's something we used to bring up every time we would talk about new japan on the on the raw deal show and the various other shows like the squad cast that we did but like there's an interesting thing about the way Japanese wrestling is structured and it all goes back to when they first go over to Japan. No matter where you are, where you came from, at what stage in your career you are, if you go to Japan, you have to start in the dojo because they're not going to put you out there with their guys that they have trained in a certain way because you're going to get fucking hurt. That's just a fact. You know what I mean? Like Even Jay White was one of the most recent guys in the dojo that's become a champion. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you can't just go in there with skill. Like, I don't think they're going to have, like, Sasha going in there. She'll probably do some stuff, but I don't think she's no, going to yeah. have to go through the whole nine. I think, especially if it's going to be, like, a short one-off thing, right? But what I'm getting at is, like, the people that are super dedicated to want to learn a different style, that's what they do, you know? Um, and we always say, every time somebody is, is having a little bit of a role, but they're not getting noticed enough, it's what we always say they should do. You want the perfect example of that? There's a guy that's about to be going, doing his last date for a long time in America that we've been big fans of for a while. At least I have, at least for a little while. And that's Anthony Green. And he's doing stuff in Noah right now, or at least he was. So, you know, and I just saw like a tweet from him saying like he's going back to Japan. So Japan has this basis and this knowledge and this sort of, and I think it become it comes from the fact, Charlie, and you can, you probably, you'll probably agree with me on this, that Japan didn't invent wrestling. But there were people that were passionate enough about wrestling in Japan that when they went and they started to do wrestling themselves, had the passion and the love for it to actually try and do something different with it. Um, so I think that's what makes Japanese wrestling so good is that they have that passion and that love that being somebody from across the world that can completely understand why wrestling is so you know, fascinating, even though it's like sort of like a weird form of art, you know, in a lot of ways. And it's kind of uh, wacky and weird and Maybe we use the word cringy a little bit sometimes, you know, but it's also fucking awesome. And you can tell some really emotionally good stories. Like, look at the stuff that MJF and CM Punk were able to do, you know, like, uh, and this is an example. I think this is on that level, Charlie. Would you not agree? I think this is on that level of storytelling here. I think and they just did it with just stuff in the ring. You know, I don't think a single word got spoken in this entire fucking feud, really, you know, like, and yet so much of it was told through their actions and through their motions and. You know, we're not going to go through every single beat by beat 
but I'll, we'll cover the end of the match here because it kind of gives you an impression. So we'll, we'll start covering when Osprey began to bounce back. At this point, he's so beaten and bruised and bloody. And, you know, he almost feels like he's doubting himself by this point, too, because after he got hit off that fucking, it was like a crazy top rope thing that he smashed his head on the turnbuckle that was already exposed. He's feeling defeated. He began to bounce back. He reversed a V-trigger. He then landed a pair of hidden blades into a super os cutter. Kenny kicks out. He escapes a one-winged angel attempt. Osprey then lands a Styles Clash, which that goes way back to Kenny fucking hitting that on AJ Styles when he took over the Bullet Club. Uh, he hits like a fucking, I kid you not. It was, I think, his best hidden blade since his first one. It's a fucking perfect hidden blade for the near fall. Osprey then tried for the Stormbreaker, got caught with a V-Trigger. Omega set up Osprey for another. Osprey now just, he's he's given up. He spits in Omega's face. Another V-Trigger's hitting. He lands the one-winged angel. Kenny Omega wins his return match, and he's now is in his second reign as the IWGP United States Champion. He was the first champion. And dude, this was just, this was, this, it was so special that, like some people, I had a hard time watching the match after, and I almost feel bad because the match after to me didn't feel that good now. Um, it, I, But I almost felt like I was watching it through like a weird, like a glass lens that, you know, it was unfair to judge it on because I was so hyped after this one and I just couldn't believe what I saw. And uh, throughout the day, just seeing everyone kind of waking up and watching the match and buzzing about it, it was a really cool experience. Just Will Ospreay. For me, I, I went a couple months without seeing him, and then we watched the match against... Uh, he had the match against Dax, I thought was beautiful. The match against Orange Cassidy was almost my match of the year for pay-per-views last year. And you even you brought up that one when we were discussing it on our award show. And then just Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, I thought this delivered so high. Um, again. <laughs> Only a couple weeks went by since our five and a half star match of Dax of the FTR versus the Briscoes. Now this one got 6.25. Only the third match ever to get that high. So I just, I can't express enough how different this felt for Kenny Omega. Like if I wonder what it's going to be like on Wednesday, are we, are we going to get a bigger reaction for Kenny now? You think? How is this uh, going to play I, out? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think Kenny's already like, I think the thing about Kenny that's kind of weird is I think he's already peaked as high as he's ever going to peak in terms of like crowd reaction and stuff like that, which is weird because it means it's going to eventually start to go down. But, I, you know, like I think um, just because that's just, you know, that everything eventually gets less popular over time, you know, especially when he starts to, you know, his body starts to finally give out because it will because he's just not slowed down at all, especially if he starts to, you know, lean into this sort of Japan it, style again. Um, and call me but, crazy. Remember the last time we, we were talking about before he went out, you know, we were like, man, this guy was playing on inverted controls. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And Fuck, dude. He couldn't even could use his upper not. body for a long time. You, know what you mean? can like, tell he's not anymore. And I, I, I am very excited for Wednesday. That's, I remember saying that to you while he was out for like six months into him being out. I was like, dude, if he was that injured that he's been gone this long, what's he going to be like when he gets back? You know, like if he's able to go at an even higher level than he's already been going. Because oh that God, whole time, we, I don't think... Let me ask this. Did you ever notice a, a lack of a step in Kenny Omega in any of his appearances? Hell no. no. Especially, remember the Danielson match? I mean, oh my that God. That was during the middle of him having no upper body. Dude, dude what the hell? 
if if we go the route of and I'm I'm hypothetically fantasy booking here. I don't even know if I have Batista staying. Here we go. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. If we go the route of having this Kenny Omega, and I'm burying the lead here, but if he, you know, we're going into the Iron Man match with Danielson and MJF. If we take this Kenny Omega against either of them, and we like do something insane for this title, I mean, oh my god. It just, I'm very curious if he's going to have a different energy Wednesday, but yeah. Um, any of the thoughts you had on this one and then we'll quickly cover the main event. But uh, what do you think of Kenny holding a new title too, by the way? It'll be cool to see him come out with that in the trios match. Um, That's a beautiful wonder. Belt. Like if Kenny's got this title that he's about to go on, like probably a little run with maybe go back to Japan a couple times in the near future. I don't know. Does he need to win the trios title also? I don't think that's probably going to happen, right? So, I mean, it doesn't tell you that, but I would think it'd be kind of weird, you know, but... Um, My reads have been all over the place. I didn't think there was a chance Darby Allen was winning, and I couldn't have been more I wrong. mean, that was just because that was a shock. I don't think anybody expected that. I don't think that was kind of out of nowhere, to be honest. I think Joe probably should have uh, carried the championship for a little while there, but, I mean... You know, I'm uh, even even then, like, I, you know, even if Joe didn't carry the title for a while, I think we should have maybe had a little bit more room to breathe. But that's, you know, we'll, 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 we can get into that. But um, eventually. But um, I mean, like I besides that, like, I, it'll be cool to see him come out with the title. Um, I do feel like I do have to say I didn't think this was the greatest match of all time. I did really like the match. I do think it was probably the best match on Wrestle Kingdom. Might have been the best match all week. Might have been. You know, it's probably going to be definitely in the contenders for the match of the year, all year, um, you know, overall. Um, thankfully, we don't have to consider it, though, because it's not an AEW match. So um, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. We can pick something we like. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be hard to top this for, for Kenny this year. You know, that's the thing I think is going to be more interesting is seeing if he can top it, right, versus whether or not anyone can top it. I don't really think it matters if anyone else can. I'm, if Kenny can't do better than this all year, what is that going to say? You know, like, I I mean, it's a great match. It would be a great match to not be able to top, but I kind of, like, don't think that's how he really works, right? He wants to always do the next thing bigger, better, harder, faster, stronger, you know. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where things go for Kenny this year, you know. So, I mean, and and here's the thing. We could totally see this play out in a trilogy form this year, similar to how the Omega uh, Okada matches did. Because how could he? I would almost expect that, actually. Because I'm with back you. around the fourth match again, also at Wrestle Kingdom next year. Like, that that just makes the most sense. And I don't think they have yeah. to do four matches, but I think if they did that, you know, echoing that And here's that how these trilogy. guys operate, man. Kenny, FTR, fucking all these guys that they, Danielson, fuck even Osprey. They want their next match to be the best Danielson match. Danielson has to at least be in the G1 this year. That just has to. That just has God, to I hope so, man. One time in his career, we need that. I uh, mean, if he, the thing is, the problem is, and this is New Japan does this too, if he's in it, he has to win it. So, you know. Hey, that's okay. Or that's where, yeah, God, yeah, you're not having Shooter win it if he's in it. That's right. That's right. True. So maybe Danielson almost wins it and then he loses it like Shooter or something like that. Yeah, that depends on what they want to do. We'll but, see. There's I mean, time. I think this sets up perfectly for, we now have Kenny as champ. Match two, Forbidden Door. That's your main event. That's the biggest pitch they had. Because, like you said, is is there going to be a better match this year? I don't know. To me, this was my favorite match, and I kind of told you this pre-show. This was my favorite match since the All Out match of uh, Young Bucks and Lucha Lucha Brothers. That was that's been my favorite match of, like the last four or five years. I think this has topped it. This is now. I mean, it's not my favorite match of all time. That I. 
I, I would even I would have to sit on that for like a month, even really even process it as that. But it's definitely up there. It's probably top 10 right now. But Will Ospreay, after the Orange Cassidy match, I don't know, man. Something changed. I just, this guy is on a fucking another level. And yeah, so that was uh, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay. I guarantee you that is not the last time they have a match because that was too good to not. The main event, Okada is world champion again. He has defeated Jay White. Um, unfortunately, I don't think this match delivered as near as on the level of the previous match. Was that me looking through it, it, with a different lens? It could lens? never have followed the previous match. That's the problem. Like, you know, so like, on any other card, I think people even said this, on any other card, this is the best match on the card, probably. You know what I mean? Like, And it was, yeah, this, it was a good spot. You know, I, I'm glad Jay White got the main event. I like Jay White. I love, I mean, obviously I love Joe. Okada. Okada's just beyond incredible. And in another world, you know, maybe, maybe it's, uh, if it was another night, we'll see. I'm but not start like... watching Jay White matches on mute with him fucking making two, like, have no meaning. Yeah. Shingo Takagi interrupted after, so it sounds like Takagi versus Okada. That's a great start of the year for Japan. But I also wanted to add, after the match, Kenny Omega posted a tweet talking about how they went to war and he forgives him. So we're going to keep an eye on that real quick. Don Callis joining those guys on commentary. I, I've always talked about how I love Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton. I think Chris Charlton's fucking fantastic. Give me him with Excalibur for a show. I, I would love to see what that's like. But well, we yeah. got that a little bit like a, a mix of the commentary shows for Forbidden Door last year. So there's there's no reason why they couldn't do that again. Yeah, just give me the trio for a little bit of the night with Excalibur, Taz, and Chris Charlton, and I will be very happy. But Don Callis is such a he's so good on commentary. Okay, but that was uh, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, guys. Um, other than that, I think uh, I think we're going to have repercussions from that throughout the year. And I hope we do, to be honest. I hope this sets up I mean, up certainly a- we will in AEW. FTR's exit will probably pl- have that played into it because I'm sure they'll finish up with the guns and stuff like that. Like, that's going to play into it. It's going to play into Kenny's m- mindset, especially if he loses to Death Triangle, you know, like... There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out of that. Because imagine he wins that title, but then he loses the Death Triangle. There's something interesting you can play with there. You know, the Bucks might be like, whoa, you won, you won selfishly by yourself and like went out there and you were super Kenny. And then we lose this championship, you know, like, ah, you I, son of a bitch. There's something there. Yeah, and Cole and, and Kenny fucking, versus the Bucks, bro. Eye, like All right, bro. All right, imagine this. Double or nothing main event. Bucks and Kenny. Sorry, Bucks, not Bucks and Kenny. Bucks uh, versus Kenny and Adam Cole. Bye-bye. I'd love it insanity i'll be down all right let's jump into some other news wrestle kingdom sets viewership record for new japan world Ninety-two thousand unique worldwide viewers watch the show live again i think new japan is back baby that's a good sign for them they had a rough couple years in terms of viewership and just everything else so yeah i've heard of new japan but what about old japan Ooh. chris jericho has made his pwg debut at battle of los angeles Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society wrestled in the traditional 10-man tag match. They fit, It was Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. And they faced off against Jonathan Gresham, Evil Uno, SB Kento, Michael Oku, and Kevin Blackwood in a 10-man tag bout. Chris Jericho was at PWG. Holy shit. Um... 
there, uh, Meltzer was there, so he gave us some of the. He said, "Super entertaining." They treated this like a major match, all action. They did all the slow motion spot for minutes until Jericho started chopping Oku hard. Jericho and Oku were the highlight. Jericho gave Blackwood a few near falls before the base shot by Garcia set up the Judas effect. Jericho called it the modern ECW. Fans wanted Daddy Magic talk, and fans threw money at him. So, uh, good stuff there. <laughs> it's cool to see. Uh, it is kind of the modern ECW, right? I mean, shit. People go to fucking PWG to just have a good time and have some fun. Well, I think the only thing that defined the ECW crowd was like it was like the purest of the purest, like you know, like like carny wrestling fans that like just wanted to see someone get ripped. If if someone literally got ripped limb from limb by the crowd, the, the rest of the crowd would have watched. You know what I mean? Like so, like it, it, which is very much the vibe of the ECW crowd. I'm not saying they're all savages, but some of them certainly were in there. You could tell by the way they would just go crazy for stuff. They were they, say what you want about ECW. It didn't last long. It, it fell apart, but its fan base was dedicated. So, you know, I get PW definitely has that sort of cult fan following. Like, I don't even know how you go to a PWG show. Like I did. What, what, you gotta how get do you tickets even... like the day they drop? Oh, that's yeah. That's dedication. Uh, so, so a little bit of free agent news. We're going to probably be covering at least some of this every week. Uh, Colby Carino, who was uh, the son of Stephen Carino. He is now a free agent. I would not be surprised if we see him pop up, whether it's NXT or some AEW dark action, potentially AEW, Ring of Honor, you name it. So Colby Carino, keep an eye out on that. We also had the full lineup was announced for Noah's Great Muda final bye-bye event. And the match will be the Great Muda, Sting, and Darby Allin versus Hakushi, Akira, and Naomichi Marufiji. So, All right, really then. cool. Good to see Sting and Darby Allen in his final match on his team. And then uh, a couple more bits of news here. It, it never ends, Garrett. Vince McMahon is back in the WWE. Surprising no one. Yeah. Uh, there were some reports he even wanted creative control again. That didn't ultimately happen. But yet, he's back on the yet. board. Yeah, yet, keyword. He's back on the board to sell the company. Uh, For now. He's just back trying to, I mean, they want all the money out of this they can, I guess, right? But, uh, well, so yes and no. I mean, this makes, this, this like, people are are trying to frame it. And I think Vince is also trying to frame it like this is a beneficial move for the company to do. It's not. I don't in a think lot it is ways. either. And it, not just because of the public fucking relations nightmare that I'm sure this is for WWE right now because of him having the fucking sexual misconduct type shit going on. But um, it's also a nightmare just from uh, like a business standpoint, because if you're like the shareholders, yeah, you're happy right now because the stock's going up because they're saying they're going to sell. But when he initially came in, that wasn't what he was saying. And, and when you look at that and you combine that with the fact that he used the leverage to that he has as a as a as a owner of the you know majority of the stock <clears throat> excuse me um to uh be able to um you know remove people from the board uh, and stack yeah. it with people that are going to support him which 
Um, the only reason why he would do that is if he didn't feel like he had the power, I'm assuming the power to control whether or not he was going to have power when things get said and done. And one thing that he has and has said already, I believe that he's going to do is that, well, it's not been said, but it's kind of been, you know, if you read between the lines implied a lot, I guess that what might happen here is that he may, when they go to renegotiate this deal, Whoever he ends up selling it to is going to agree to put him back in some sort of power, a position of power where he can then decide to become the creative person again. Um, which I, to me, honestly, that's the situation I think that makes the most sense. I don't, I don't understand why Vince would, why would you, why would you, if things are working and doing as everyone has been saying and that's been talking about this better, which I don't know if that's statistically true. I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't know what they did the last six months compared to what they would have done. You know, who knows? But um, I will say this. Uh, I, I'm not surprised by this at all. But what I am shocked by is that Vince is going to potentially you know, start a fight that could, it could I, I feel like, and maybe this is just me. If a big disaster like that happens, it's going to make the company worth less because it's going to cause all kinds of uncertainty, I would think. Yeah. I I just, I I don't, I can't imagine it's good to bring him back after all the shit that came out last year. Oh, it's not. There's no way it's good. They're trying to spin it right now. But like once the stock, if the stock does start to like fucking tumble, it's going to be a fucking disaster, you know? Yeah. Because the thing is, like, the more and more drama that gets built up from this, right, the more it's going to cause, like I said, that uncertainty that, that will cause that numbers. To, you know, like, I don't know much about economics, but I do know that much that, like, when there's not certainty and then there's, like, management that are, like, causing, like, I mean, there's also this is more, like, you know, um, Max Castor made a, a joke in reference to this that's, like, you know, associating all of this and Vince and Jeff Jarrett with like January 6th and stuff like that. Like people have made that joke, you know, he, he literally did it on January 6th, but like, you know, like, um, I'm not even joking. I think he did, but you know, like, um, yeah. uh, a corporate insurrection on January 6th. I think I heard somebody already make that joke, but you know, like, um, you know, I mean, like I, uh, what a disaster for WWE. Cause they had everything going their way for a while there, you know? And, uh, I don't want to be the 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 uh the AEW fan that like was kind of panicking for a little bit there that flips back now the other way because I'm not I don't really feel like you know that's not really how we do things here but it is a little funny to see how how quickly Vince is back you know when they were like oh Vince is gone forever are you sure about that though we weren't six days into 2023 before the motherfuckers are already back <laughs> so yeah um speaking of uh, Mercedes Monet. Her first match has officially been announced. She will face Kyrie at New Japan Battle in the Valley, and it will be for the championship. And it sounds like Battle in the Valley is already selling pretty well, so she is a, a good pull for them. And I I can't wait to see the rest of that card. And kind of like we were talking about earlier, we will probably even do like a mini on that because it is going to be a big moment. It's going to be a big day. So, and we're we love wrestling. It's the way it is. Okay. Last bit of news here. It's a little bit of sad news. Kyle O'Reilly, man, he's, we haven't really heard from him too much. Um, as a lot of people know, he is a type 1 diabetic. And he already has some hard time recovering with injuries. And he is currently dealing with a post-surgical issue after his neck fusion. He's been talking about how it's been very upsetting for him. And it's it's frustrating because he, his body's not recovering the way it should be. 
And, you know, in terms of coming back, no one has any idea. His goal, obviously, is to evaluate himself so he can come back better than ever. And this was the first, quote, significant injury throughout his 17-year wrestling career. Um, people that have dealt with this injury have missed anywhere from nine months to a year. But he's already been out some time. And like we've previously said, he has a hard time already recovering from injury, uh, injuries because of, you know, the way his body recovers from being a diabetic. So, yeah, Garrett, I mean, obviously this is some sad news because we really loved what Kyle O'Reilly was doing last year. Um, we're obviously rooting for the guy, rooting for the best, hoping yeah, he makes absolutely. a uh, successful and healthy recovery. For sure. And we miss him. 100%. You know, and we were talking about this also before the pod. You know, he was on such a roll last year. You know, like it it sucked to see it come to like a sort of screeching halt because of him being hurt. You know, obviously he needs to take care of himself. And, and that, that sucks too. Like, because having something like that that would extra keep you out of the ring, it's you know, obviously take, you know, obviously the guy needs to take care of himself. You know, um, it just, it sucks because like I'm sure he wants to be in the ring a whole lot right now, you know, so. Um, like I said, he was on that incredible role too. So hopefully, hopefully just, you know, things can work out for him. Maybe he gets some good news soon and eventually can be back in the ring by the end of this year, the start of next year or something like that, you know? Um, and yeah. maybe, maybe he can gain some of that momentum back, you know, that's, that's the hope, you know, cause like I said, he's one of our favorites, uh, undisputed era. Like we, we were referencing that time when like, Kenny was having all those insane matches and, I remember, like, I was in such a fever dream of, of just watching NXT all the time and uh, Undisputed Era, and, like, everything was just so great at the time. That was such a great time to be a wrestling fan. And then everything ended when WWE decided wrestling didn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, literally. So, all right, guys. Um, that's it for our news. And the Young like Bucks said, showing the business. It was Ritz! It was Ritz! We wanted to make sure we covered Wrestle Kingdom. So, if you guys, again, if anyone's interested in more, more Japan coverage or whatever... Let it hit us up on Eat Sleep Elite. I mean, fuck, we even got the Royal Rumble at the end of this month, so who knows, man? No, I ain't fucking watching the Rumble. Not after last to, year's. Uh, no, never, never again. Come on, bro. You're not ready for Cody to win it. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, no, seriously. Uh, Eat Sleep Elite on Twitter again. If you guys hit us up, man, message us. We're cool with whatever. We we chat back. It is what it is. And uh, if you're interested in more, I guess uh, we kind of dubbed them ESE minis, where we cover other shows and other pay per views. We're always open to it. So. That being said, we're going to fly through these dark results. Uh, Dude, Garrett, you're taking us away here. You got Elevation, I got Dark, and then we're going to dive into uh, Dynamite Rampage and Battle the Belts. All right, I'm going to do my best Excalibur impression here. All right, Dark Elevation episode 96. We We had Hikara Shida opening up the show with a little bit of smacking the piss out of her. Uh, we had a flying butt from Tyra. She had a nice, slightly uh, less impactful than normal uh, Meteora because she was going uh, a little bit there and the chicken didn't. She didn't quite take it perfectly, but it was fine. It was whatever. And then she hit the katana for the win. We had the varsity athletes taking on the pillars of destiny. We had the big, big scary name, boys. by the way. Yeah, some big scary boys out there. Uh, it's kind of like a, a, a meh promo from uh, Mark Sterling. Um, they started barking at one point. And there was combo neckbreaker move thing, whatever the hell that thing is called for the win. We had Hardy Potter taking out some jobbers. A nice little flat liner off the second rope. I believe that was by uh, Cassidy, I'm guessing. It might have been by fucking Hardy, though. Who knows? Um, knowing, knowing Matt Hardy's a fucking lunatic. Uh, we had a little, brief, a little brief Hardy party chant with a little power bomb, and then the sent on for the win. We had, uh, and it was a little bit, uh, I, will, uh, no, I will note this, he did do a little bit of Ethan Paginess in there, but then they ended up sort of kind of not being angry at each other afterwards, so well, whatever, it's fine. 
Uh, we had Marita Shafir getting a nice little squash, squish gosh getting there. And we had a genuinely, I genuinely feel like she, because of this music, Charlie is starting to connect with the crowd a little bit more. And uh, she uh, put her spine at the pine and they had some greedy locked getting in. Getting that vibe. Yep, getting that greedy locked in for the win. Uh, there was that hardy party backstage segment that I talked about. There, uh, you know, it's still somewhat interesting with the story. Um, uh, I'm glad there's a dark storyline, but uh, this might be taking a back burner now because they're sort of on the same page. We had Athena taking on Gypsy Mac. We had a helico on commentary for this. We had the forearm of death and death. Uh, elbow of doom in the corner, and uh, she pretty much just did uh, striking in this match. It was a massacre of the innocent, and uh, there was some belt <laughs> shots after the bell. And uh, the Chaos Project, the Spanish Announce Project, and Ryan Nemeth took on the Dark Orders. Uno, Silver, and Reynolds with short-haired Avalon out there. That's cursed. That was a cursed image. Um, and we had it was uh, a bit of a cursed image. Chicanery. Uh, Uno did the choppies. Pendulum bomb. Uh, and there was a sign that said, "This is dope." We had Julia Hart taking on Leva Bates. She painted there. Sorry, painted. She planted her face and then hit the heartless luck. Um, we had Slapnut Express taking on the Jobbers. Um, and yes, Slapnut Express is the name that I have for uh, Jared and Lethal. <laughs> we had some fitting, Fargo fitting. Strut, a Lethal Injection Stroke Combo, and then a Satnam Choke Slammed a Man to Death. To Death. We had Rosario Grillo and Hagana Ishino and Dean Alexander taking on the House of Black. Uh, Shino got like less than I thought he would in this match. We had a cannonball sent off from King. Interception elbow by Brody King to seal the deal. And that takes us through Dark 90, sorry, Dark Elevation 97. And that takes us to Dark 177. Go! All right, kicking us off on Dark, we had Christopher Daniels defeating Brian Pillman Jr. It was nice to see Christopher Daniels. I'm always a fan of that. And uh, yeah, a little bit of Pillman, um, you know. Pillman's got to find his footing this year, to say the least, right? Absolutely. That's the goal. And uh, it's new new meta for Taz. We have an assistant named Bob. Shout out, Bob. But uh, Emi Sakura defeated Jada Stone. There was a no. Balianaki at ringside. Yeah. That wasn't bad. Arn Anderson cut a promo backstage, talked to both Brock and Pillman after discussing the pair's recent losses. Anderson told the team they were going to turn their fortunes around sooner rather than later. Dude, I like that pairing. We talked about that a while back. I like them as a tag team. Uh, it sucks for Griff, but, you know, uh, Griff can figure something else out. Griff to the Dark Order confirmed. I I would love that so much. I'm not even kidding. Ryan Nemeth defeated Dak Draper. Um, Nemeth just kind of took control here. Easy dub. Blake Christian, all heart, defeated Sean Maluda. All heart. Final moments, Christian Nail Maluda with his signature 450 for the victory. Oh, hard. Ari Davari with Slim J and Jeeves K defeated Leon Ruffin. I like seeing Leon Ruffin here. Yeah, um, he's good. He's fun. They started beating him down, and then AR Fox and Christian made the save, so that's going to be a hell of a trio. Hell yeah there, buddy. Rohit Raju defeated Richard Adonis. Um, this was the Battle of Kicks. Uh, in, in an interview later, Lexinaire, uh Raju said he was hungry for more AW after only eating crumbs Dude, in 2022. I, I really liked that promo. Actually. That was I'm a great promo, lie. and I thought he was—he had a really good year, man. He—he uh, he changed his name, right? He was Akeem Zane. I think so. I mean, he's, so, dude, I'm, I, I want him. I want them to put him in Ring of Honor and have him run for a year with a TV title. Can you imagine how awesome he would be with that dude? Like how annoying he could be. That'd be great. Oh, he'd be so good. He'd be really good. Jorah Joel defeated Jared Diaz. Some Jorah Joel action Ooh. back at Universal. 
Um, Diaz attempted to pin him with a small package. Joel sent it to the mat uh, to the mat with a rolling forearm smash that I thought was really nice. And he caught him with a diving Diaz. Uh, he caught a diving Diaz with a pump kick for the victory. Dark Order, Silver and Reynolds defeated Blanco, Loco, and Axton Ray. It was all right. Varsity Athletes defeated Liam Gray and Adrian Alanis. I believe they have a tag name. Just forgot to write it down. Uh, but this was uh, they a, didn't, this wasn't they didn't our first say time what their tag it. name was if they do have one. Okay, I, I, I thought last time they did, but no, I think they way. might have. But I think they maybe just didn't say it this time. Sometimes they they'll be weird like that. Like uh, there was one like the Skulk for a while didn't get named. You know what I mean? Even though they had their yeah. shirts on, it was weird. You know, like uh, whatever. It's That's how, like, it I, I don't sometimes. mind these guys getting some names. Uh, this was the Skulk. You're right. This is who that was. Wait, was uh, it but, really? I just pulled that out of yes, the, nowhere. Nope, okay. this this was the Skulk. I just double-checked it right now just to make sure. Hold on. Really? Um, yeah, that was the Skulk. And yeah, they didn't call him the Skulk this time, so I don't know why. We'll come back to that, I guess. Kira Hogan, she's having a nice week. I'm liking what they're doing Kira Hogan. She defeated Casey Lennox. We've seen her before. Um, Kira Hogan teamed with uh, Sky Blue on Wednesday. So, Do you little, know who uh, else is a part of the Skulk? I didn't know. There's Leon Ruff, apparently. That's, <laughs> that's a good team, man. It's a good team. The Trustbusters, Sunny Kiss and Slim J with Jeeves K, defeated Risen and Cameron Stewart. Um, I, I I don't mind the pairing of Kiss and Slim J. I I, I think Sunny Kiss is fantastic. So I think that's what's actually kind of pulling the Trustbusters together at this point. I think that's the only thing that's holding it together. Is yeah, the, Sunny the Kiss, team you know? of Kiss and J. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of pulling it. Yeah, I would you know because like they're 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 on dark every week, and I I think if they do something with them, they could actually be useful. I think actually losing um, Parker might have been the thing they needed to do because not that Parker was holding him down; he just was an, one too many people. You know, like yeah, um, yeah. And now we're moving on to yeah, so. Sean Dean defeated Ariel Dominguez. Good stuff. Top Flight defeated the Workhorse Men. This was a really good match. Uh, this was by far the best match on the show. It was pretty exciting. Henry and Darius Martin had some really good chemistry there. And, yeah, I thought this was a really fun main event. Top Flight eventually won with the uh, combination nosedive on Henry. So Hell, yeah. Really good dark match at Universal. The crowd played along, too, as much as they can. But... That was it for um, Elevation and Dark this week. Okay, we're not done yet. Jumping in. We've already covered the beginning. Uh, Tony Schiavone welcomed us back to the ring, introduces Hangman Adam Page to the ring. Schiavone mentions Moxley's challenging Page next week at the forum. Page said he's, as of today, he's not medically cleared to fight. He looked down, the doctor said he doesn't. if he doesn't get his fight this week, next week he'll be cleared to knock Moxley's dick in the dirt. Moxley, dick in the dirt. <laughs> that prompted Moxley to come out. Who surprised we might need Paige. that soundbite, dude, for when someone starts getting fucking loud with somebody. I'm gonna knock your dick in the dirt. We might need dick in the dirt and dick riding without a license. Um, yeah, we definitely need that last one. Th- those are gonna have to be staples. And yeah, Stokely's gonna be. I, th- I feel like we're gonna get a lot of staples for Stokely this year. Yeah, Stokely is gonna just be the entire soundbite list at some point. <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing: they couldn't you hear the mics. Bitch. The mics weren't working. Um, Moxley dropped a couple F-bombs that happened to get picked up on the mic. He said, let's go Seahawks. Let's get this thing back on track. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's just trying to keep the crowd happy. He's like, ah, oh, shit, they're probably bored. Uh, Seahawks. By the way, as a uh, Packers fan myself, fuck the Seahawks. Moxley hey, bud, remember Paige. that time you guys were in that playoff game and they caught the ball and you also caught the ball, so it should have been you guys, but it was them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, oh. 
Moxley mentions Paige being mad at him for knocking him out. Paige took the mic, said he's not mad about that. It's how Moxley calling him out, making him a joke. Paige said Moxley was threatened. He has two in the chamber, one with Moxley's name on them, and he'll take his shot at the forum. Beautiful stuff. Moxley said Paige punk ass doesn't belong in the ring with him, and next week he'll make sure Paige doesn't get back up. This was a really good face-off. He's going to kill him. And let me say this again, man. What a pro Moxley is. Shit went wrong, right? The mic wasn't working. The crowd was giving you a reaction. Some people right there would panic and kind of not know what to do. Moxley stuck to his stuck to his cars, said, let's go Seahawks. Let's get this thing back on track. That was a, that was the definition of knowing what to do, right? Exactly. Um, but obviously, Garrett, this match. I mean, this this promo, a promo is like a trailer for a movie. It's supposed to get us excited. It's supposed to raise our excitement level. And this definitely just did. So what'd you think of this? How, how would you think of the trailer to the Moxley hangman match at the forum next week? Uh, I thought it was, um, I thought it was like, just, I thought it was interesting because like, like a good trailer, it shows exactly the, it shows the hand a little bit, but not enough that you're going to know exactly where things are going. Um, which wrestling, especially in promos sometimes can literally, um, uh, sometimes you can just kind of be like oh they did this thing and so that probably means this and you're right but um other times it can be a lot less clear like this like this is not like a story where mox is look coming out looking like the good guy like there's a lot of angles you could take out of this either one of these guys could turn heel like on a dime in the middle of this match you know what i mean yeah um and i honestly think that's kind of the route they're going to go with hangman because he just seems like he's pissed you know like he's just angry that he got knocked the fuck out um, and like uh, ending to this match with Hangman just beating Mox to death, not really, but you know, like just beating him down, um, as like and like not stopping, and maybe like they call for like the bell because it's like a knockout, but he just keeps going, and they have to yank him off of him or something. It's like Silver and Reynolds. I'm picturing this in my head right now. Silver and Reynolds trying to like control him, and he like hits one of them or something. You know, like I, I don't know. There's some interesting ways you could go with this, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, like I, I don't know, like. Uh, it makes like if that tells you right there that I'm, it's got me hyped because I'm thinking like ahead like that, you know, like who knows? I'm, I'm really interested to see what's going out of this really more than anything. The match is going to be really good, but I'm more excited about the possibilities, you know, some really good stuff we could have here. Samoa Joe and Darby Allen video packages shown showcasing tonight's main event. Darby, I wrote pay this the in my notes as Darbster kingdom. versus Joseph Hypevid. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Darby will pay the price in Joe's kingdom. The acclaimed with Max Caster and Anthony Bowens with Daddy Ass defeated Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. So to if defend. you told me, Charlie, like two months ago, that acclaimed one of their first title matches when they're in their in their title run was going to be against Jarrett and Lethal, and if then you told me that they were going to face off twice in one week, and I was going to like both matches, I would have told you you were insane. <laughs> and yet here we are. Um, what a fun little match. Uh, ultimately, I think the match on Battle of the Belts was better because that match was really good. But this match told a fun story of uh, they bit the fans on the acclaimed losing. Um, Aubrey was getting some chance at the beginning of the show. So I think they read the I think they read the room on that and they made sure she was the ref that was sent back out to fix Fix oh, the yeah, result. They, they 100% have control. Now, usually in those situations, it's just a random ref. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be anybody. They just pick whoever they want to trust in that moment, you know? like. And this made a lot of sense with the refs all being out there, why a ref would make the change. So they, they did a pump fake 
on the uh, Jeff Jarrett and Lethal winning. And I'm not going to lie. There was a second where I bought it and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, not like this. Like, don't get me wrong. If Jay Lethal got some gold, I'm going to be happy for the guy. But I was like, oh, no, not like this, please. Not in the shenanigans. The call to have Audrey be the one to change it. My world. It was fucking beautiful. And the reactions after they won were brilliant. The Acclaim's hot streak continues. Holy hell, they're mine. Yeah, uh, a nice uh, Andrew Tate reference on the uh, on the on the promo or on the rap or whatever too. That was funny. <laughs> it's a fucking Dixie Carter stuff. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Any other any other thoughts from this match you had? There was a super a uh, hot pop on super hot pop super a super loud pop on the hot tag for uh, for Max Caster at one point. Um. And the, I, I this is one time when a referee decision reversal I feel like actually makes sense. And again, like. If you wanted to have them face again, this was a great opportunity to, to, to do it and to set it up. And I, I actually really liked this. Um, and it left both teams with a reason to want to have another match. And it also um, took advantage of just about, and so did the other match later on, but we'll get to. Uh, you know what? We could just talk about We might as well just talk about them both. That way we don't have to spend time on two yeah, different yeah. segments. Yeah, let's, let's jump into the, we're going to, yeah, let's bounce around to that. Because um, I won't spend that much too much time on this because it's the same, same kind of thoughts. Yeah, continue that thought. The, so what, what were you thinking about the other one? Yeah, so, yeah, in the No Holes Barred one, um, it was the same kind of thing. Like, they eviscerated Jiren the mic. We had uh, Caster, like, attacking Satnam because now there's not the rules where you're not going to attack somebody outside the match. It doesn't matter. Um, there was some more, there was a lot of ref violence, which kind of plays into the fact that the referees reverse the decision. So if you think about that in context, right now they're pissed at the referees. So they're going to beat the shit out of them, you know, lethal um, dropped a fucking elbow on one of them. Right. So if you think about that, when you take the two matches separately, it, it, it makes a lot of sense what they did here. Um, I wrote in my notes that Satnam ate the guitar. I'm just going to leave that as it is and not add any context to that at all. Um, <laughs> And uh, Aubrey snapping the pencil was a payoff to that as well, you know. Um, so and there was lots of memes, little memes in the fucking commentary about fucking they weren't memes, you know, jokes about fucking the pencil, the most powerful weapon in the wrestling, brother. But you know, um, yeah. uh, oh my god, yeah. yeah, and Satinum just going nuts with the choke slams. This oh, guy, this guy's gonna be prone. I think we could see him really start to elevate in 2023, and hopefully, it's on elevation. Literally, I would love it because I would love to review those matches and see his progression. Dude, have had him on there a couple of times, you know. Give give it to me again. We'll see. Because uh, we were enjoying the progression of uh, son of a bitch. I blanked on his name. The boxer from England, um, Anthony Anthony Agogo. Boom, and we were Too loving his progression. And now he's uh, nowhere to be seen. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, this, I loved. Loved this match. It was a tick under 11 minutes. This was so much fun. This was an entertaining match. Um, Yeah, the fucking guitar was so good. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited for where we're going next with the Acclaim. I think there's so many options. Absolutely. There's, there's literally an unlimited amount of options in this company. So, wherever they go next, I'm excited for it. And, yeah. They keep saying Jungle Hook is one night only. Is that where they're going? Maybe. I, I mean, then I'm, it's two nights only or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. All right. Tony I mean, The amount of crowd reaction in that match would be insane. You know, with Jungle Boy and Hook on one side and the Acclaim. Who do you root for in that match if you're the crowd? You know, like. God. Uh, the referee. The 
I, like I said, I'm you cool with, Paul with Hardy and, and, and Matt or uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Isaiah Cassidy. That could be a fun one. That'd be interesting. I, the Appreciation I like Society. Think. We could see any duo. You know, yeah, I'm Blackpool trying to Combat think. Club. Be fun. There's yeah, going to be like options. Mox and not Mox. Well, Mox and Danielson would be fun, but like Claudio and Wheeler would be good. You know, some good stuff in there. So Tony Schiavone interviewed Jamie Hader and Britt Baker about their match at the Forum next week against Soraya. Baker and Hader called themselves AW Original, and Soraya just doesn't get it. They work their way up to the top, while Soraya, despite being friends with Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm, can't make decisions on her own partner. Baker called Hader the killer and herself the pillar. That's a fucking, that's a hell of a team name, the killer and the pillar. Um, Yeah, their, their shirts, you know, their matching shirts said exactly that. She also called herself the boss. Yeah, I, I caught that little, little little sneak reference in there as well, um, which didn't yeah. lead to anything because they announced the partner later. So uh, whatever. Which will did they? We'll see. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry backstage said he never never thought he'd have someone to watch his back again after everything he's been through this year. Perry challenges Big Bill and Lee Moriarty's a tag match with Hook. Large William. Large. <laughs> Damn it! Every time, and himself and Perry's hometown next week. I mean, we could see Bill and I, I, Lee go for the By the way, I keep saying too. Large William because I need Keith Lee to hit him with one of those at one point. Hello, way, Large Keith, William. Keith Lee's still selling that uh, that injury. so yeah, Absolutely. Won't see him for a we, year. No, we kidding. love that. I hope not. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was just going to be like a couple months. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> and now to, to perhaps, this is what I almost chose as my favorite. Yeah, this is good. The most exciting fucking thing all night. Brian Danielson's return to Seattle. He defeated Dude. Tony Nese. Not oh a long my match. god, this crowd was so happy. Not a long match, but a good match. And it, it was the a crowd good was match. So into it. Yes. And the post match, which it was such a short match, I can actually run through the whole thing. But yeah. the crowd was deafening here. Uh we do this sometimes, but real quick, shout out the Seattle crowd, guys. Seriously. And we know in next next week in LA, that was a crowd we shouted out last year. It's gonna be a fucking awesome show. When the crowd is this good, it makes it that much more exciting to follow. And you know what? I think AEW delivered for this hot crowd. And yeah, we love to see it. Okay. Sterling took the ref immediately. Woods tripped up Danielson. Nice attacked him with a running niece for a close two. Nice's chop to Danielson woke him up. He lit Nice up then with corner kicks. A moonsault out of the corner with a charging lariat. The yes kicks were going. Nice blocked the home run shot. Drove Danielson into the corner. He missed another charging knee. Danielson then hit the uh, what? What is it? The knee? The the Busaiko knee. Busaiko knee, and an inch, an amped up Danielson stomped at the head of Tony Nice. I'm gonna kick his fucking head in. Sank in the regal stretch, and Nice was out cold. Tony Nice looked fine here. Danielson, holy shit, was he breathing through this crowd? I mean, this was a fucking. This was literally like the crowd. In life form. It was really beautiful. Speaking of the crowd, the crowd had a sign in it that said, MJF fears Bigfoot. I thought that was funny. Perhaps he does. We need to look more into that. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking we should open a research study. What's yeah, the link? What, when's Maxwell the Jacob Bigfoot Freeman pod? When's the cryptid pod starting, Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> cryptid okay, mysteries. So here's the fun stuff, right? Post-match. Danielson said it's great to be home. He's feeling froggy, ready for another fight. Calls out MJF, who walked to the stage, called him brain damaged Brian and a mark, declining the challenge. And MJF is a special attraction, doesn't need to wrestle if because he needs to. If if Lance Storm or Dean Malenko could have a child, 
He'd be more charismatic than Danielson. MJF wouldn't be surprised if Danielson's mother in 1981 opted for a goat instead of a human suitor. Danielson said the boys in the back talk about how many suitors MJF's mother had. <laughs> Even folks in the crowd said they've been as Dude, well. When people, how the fuck do people say that fucking Brian Danielson doesn't know how to cut promos? Like, they are fucking I, I, brain dead. Like, I, I don't it, understand. It blows like, my mind that they don't. Like, I literally, like, and, like, I don't understand it at all. Like, this is MJF. Brian Danielson puts MJF on the back foot. You can't say that like mo- Ricky Starks at no point in their little thing did he had the actual he had moments where he was on top but they were manufactured whereas this is just he would the promo that they had that I'm sure they didn't talk about you know what I mean that was just a moment he created like Mox created a moment like that maybe but like th- it's not something that Ricky had the time of a long drawn out story to do Danielson just did it in the first promo he cut against the guy it's like all right. Yeah, okay, yeah. we got something going on here. This is like going to be like probably a few to the year already. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> already. Just fuck it. Send it in. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if we don't, if we, if we can't, you know, because we can't consider Osprey and Omega, it's going to be a different company, but you know, like, still. Like. Yeah, and, and, you know, oh, God, MJF just gets it, man. He then goes on to say the title around his waist makes him the best in the world and runs down the marks who've never wrestled. MGF said guys in the business like Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and Jim Cornette have called him the best in the, the literal world. villains of the AEW fan. He just right? understands. MJF gets it. Danielson said it's time to fight. He hates MJF, scurried away. Shivani pleaded to give him the hook. MJF said if he wants the title shot, Danielson needs to become number one contender. And if said if Danielson wrestles every week until February 8th, he'll get an AEW title shot at Revolution. I was worried when he said number one contender they were going to announce the ratings are back. Please, not yet. We just we don't need those again. Danielson said he'll wrestle when he wants to and get the shot when he earns it. MGF snapped. He then said Tony Khan nor the EVPs run this company. He does. And at this point, I'm not kidding you. MGF's promo was fucking incredible, which it always is. Danielson finally agrees to MGF's turns only if Danielson can pick the stipulation for their match at Revolution. MGF said fine. He'll cheat in front of the ref. And Danielson said it would be a 60-minute Iron Man match. Danielson will run through everyone MJF puts in front of him, and he'll expose yeah, so all you people that can in an Iron MJF Man match. MJF doesn't wrestle enough, you're getting an hour of MJF here soon. So this is, off. and I'm not kidding you when I say this, this is the perfect stipulation for this match. Let me tell you something about MJF. The last two revolutions, you're going to be able to say he had a dog collar match and a fucking Iron Man match. And it's against Brian fucking Danielson. And CM God Punk. damn it. CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Imagine him looking at it back at his grab. That might be MJF's pay-per-view. Like the one you look at like when everyone's got like, you know, John Cena loses at SummerSlam. Roman Reigns always wins at everything. You know what I mean? Like, um, like yeah. people have traditions. That could be MJF's tradition pay-per-view that he wins something big in a big stipulation match every year at Revolution. It'd be a great little thing to start here. I would, you know, hey. Hey, you won't hear any complaints from me. I, I'm happy to have MJF a champion for the next five years. Maxwell Jacob Friedberg. All right, side note. Actually, let me ask you. If we were going to have him be champion for the next two years of the rest of his contract or year or whatever, would you be he chill He also with defeated that? Cody at Revolution, by the way, in 2020. There you go. So, yeah. So, like, some of his biggest matches historically have been that. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Would you be down with that? Are we good with MJF being champion for like the next couple of years? Like, I, I would be. Cool He's got to continue to elevate it. I mean, I, I, if, if just right now, I mean, that's a long time. 
I don't want it to run stale, but if Max continues to elevate it and we just keep getting this beautiful title run that never seems to get stale, I'd love it. Okada did the 720 day. Roman's on what? Like fucking 850 by now. It's possible if you want to keep elevating it. So Because the thing is, I feel like whatever you do, if it's less than like a long period of time from now, it's going to feel like a step down too soon. And like, we're just like hoping for the best that it doesn't happen sooner. And I don't want it to become that, you know, because MJF is so good. At the same mark, I wouldn't be shocked if he dropped it at Double or Nothing or Forbidden Door, depending on how it's going. Because that's still a pretty decent title reign. But at the same time, I, I just don't hold- see anybody at any point being like, I'm not enjoying this MJF title reign. I don't see yeah. how that could be a thing. So, you know, that's where I'm in my head. I'm like, why don't we just not have him lose it for a while then? You know, if, if everyone's going to be happy with it, you know, so. Yeah, and that'll that'll help elevate these other belts. We'll get more Orange Cassidy's. We'll get more. I'm very excited to talk about Starry Allen title. Um, we're going to get more of that. And look at it's the trios titles. The Look at the trio titles. You got the elite wrapped up in that title right now. You don't need them anywhere near the belt, you know? So you got all your biggest stars are doing other stuff and FTR is doing their thing. We're, you know, hopefully by that point, we're running FTR versus the acclaimed and it's the best feud we've ever fucking seen. So, okay. We got Swerve Strickland defeating AR Fox. I'm going to have you take the lead on this one. What'd you think of the match? And, uh, what, it wasn't the only match we watched of these guys this week, huh? Uh, no, it was not. So Swerve and AR Fox, they have a little bit of history to each other, going back to, to Lucha Underground. And they had this, uh, this these stages of war, or war is hell. No, wait, no, it's not what it's called. But the stages of war match, or whatever the hell it was called, or it's like the uh, the, the something of war. There was a war match in, in Lucha Underground, anyway. It was like a super... Um, like gimmick multi-lateral uh, two out of three falls match. It's basically like a super souped up two out of three falls match that was like uh, a, a a first blood match mixed with a I think it was like a like a, a no holds barred or something like that or it's like a, a, a street fight type match in the middle yeah and then uh, and that finished off with an ambulance match so basically just like a super street fight essentially if you want to think about it like that which was with multiple stages to it um, which was super good we watched that as well and they did some references actually to that match in this match. Um, and like, I remember writing in my notes in this, uh, that they were starting, they started off this match with like a sequence of moves and rolling and like flipping in and out of the ring that I've never even seen before. Like I've never seen anything like that. Not even in like Lucha. It was like some wild shit that I've never seen. It was crazy. Um, then Fox got leveled, uh, with a running knee off the apron, which was a little reference back to this match. Cause that's something that Swerve used to do more when he was as kill shot. And by the way, they were, they went as kill shot and, uh, Dante Fox at the time. So it's kind of cool. He's teamed up with Dante Martin. Now he used to be called Dante Fox. He's AR Fox now. Anyway, um, it was just rid- ridiculous with the creative counters and stuff like that. They had a super clean 450. And then there was the Death Valley driver onto the apron, which is another reference to this. Cause that same exact spot was different because it was onto like a, uh, stretcher in the match. But it was essentially the same spot that they ran in that match as well. Um, you know, so uh, you watched that match as well, um, which ends. I won't talk about it in case you guys want to go watch it. The ending spot of that match is one of the best spots I've ever seen in wrestling. Um, Unreal. And, and super unexpected. And it makes me feel like, yeah, I guess I can understand why Lucha Underground had a little following there for a while now. But um just a really fun match you know <clears throat> random fun match that they just threw onto the show that i don't think anyone was like this is gonna be a greatest match of all time but it was actually a pretty good match and um i don't know i thought it was really fun um what did you have any thoughts on this match charlie i'm with you 
it was our first presentation of the new swerve in a match and son of a bitch i'll tell you what i i think the affiliates unfortunately are kind of treading water right now but i think he's doing fine so their presence adds to him for his what he's trying to do right it's almost like his baddies, right? They're but he just wants brick to look walls mean. right now. They're like, I need them to do something. You know, like, I need yeah. to find out about that other guy. They keep saying, oh, we will. It's like, well, mm, I kind of need to, though. He's the mystery man. But yeah, uh, everything you just said, um, I'm glad we went back and watched that match. It's on YouTube if any of you guys are interested in knowing some more about Air Fox and Swerve. Um, man, Lucha Underground, what a, what a diamond in the rough, man. And again... Speaking of uh, SoCal, we're going to, you know, L.A. on Wednesday. So that's where SoCal wrestling scene is so awesome. And Lucha Underground was a perfect example of that. Okay. Backstage, Renee Paquette, she's with Soraya, Tony Storm, and Akaro Shida. Soraya says she's not surprised by what Baker and Hater have been saying. Soraya said she's not happy they've been trending every week about who her partner will be. Soraya said her partner will be one of the best on the AEW roster. It'll be Tony Storm. Sheeta looked dejected. She's almost like, the fuck? Why would you sit me here if... Hmm. She was annoyed. Soraya and Storm then just ignore her. Paquette sort of just shrugged her shoulders. Soraya and Storm, they all, they came across like like kind of meat, like jerks here. Despite being the babyface, I also... I gotta assume. They kind of mean girls to fucking Sheeta yeah. a little bit. I, I'm going to assume now this is the start of a Sheeta turn. She's going to... Whether she wipes them out on Wednesday, who knows? All those talks Dude, about Sheeta comes in and just, just, just lays waste to the entire fucking match. And, and and you guys will remember us saying this last week or the week before. If the partner was not going to be Mercedes, you have to let us know before Dynamite. Yeah, what if and that's what? Hold up. What if it's the double fake out? What if? What if match goes down normal, fine, everything is fine, everything looks like it's just going to be a normal match. Sheeta comes to the ring after the match, starts beating the piss out of everybody that was in the match, and then all of a sudden, Mercedes Monet money, money Mercedes Monet's fucking music hits, and she makes the save. I would, I would stand up screaming. I'd be very happy. I don't think that's what's happening. I think actually, more than likely, what's happening, given AEW's history, is it's just going to be Tony Storm, but because they just they, they told us that, but you know, um, and, and then we'll probably start the feud with uh, with Sheeta, with yeah. Sheeta, mm-hmm. yeah, and maybe it's Which, Tony versus Sheeta. You think coming out of that, like they, they'll run that? Oh, count me good. fucking in. Buddy. That'd be good. That'd be a good secondary feud, and then have Jamie versus uh, versus Soraya and Britt. Yep, you know, you, going that's, on. That's all your feuds, and then because we're already setting up Jade's next. So that title's yeah, Jade versus up. Red Velvet. Did you get that's your women's division for right now? That's pretty solid for a little while there. Yep, Jade and that's Red a Velvet. She doesn't storm. Soraya and Baker still continuing, and then what? Jamie Hader and it could be Jamie versus Soraya, but they could also if Jamie and if sorry, if and we also Soraya, got the tag match. Uh, Jamie Willow could just Ruby. face somebody. Else. Yeah, Willow and Ruby, and that, that might not lead to a pay per view match, but I think that could definitely be on TV for a while. But I think um, with with Jamie, I think you either have her face Soraya if Soraya, you know, beats Britt or something like that. And they sort of move on from that. But if Britt ends up beating Soraya somehow, which I don't think will happen, but could happen, you know, like if that's what I would yeah. decide to go like Britt, maybe she J- Jamie helps her. But then like and then that leads to some more of a rift between them because they sort of hinted at that a little while back uh, when the Jamie's last opportunity to win the title. Um, yeah, I would like to see. Uh, somebody be picked we could also just have jamie facing random people because she said uh, i think she said a few weeks ago she wants to defend the title pretty frequently so 
we could also just have her doing that and then we don't have to worry about her having like a feud feud for a little while i know that would kind of feel a little like oh you you're, you're focusing on these other things but i'd like for there to be other women's stories going on rather than focusing on making sure that jamie constantly has a storyline going on always all the time because she doesn't really need that to carry a story you know like she can do something short term and move she just did with uh with Sheeta. in like a couple of weeks they built up a match you know and it was good so um i think having her be like the workhorse and having everyone else work stories around that that would be kind of cool i would be more than down for that so okay um the guns came to lay rest to ftr's time in AEW. a tombstone was shown on the big screen saying ftr rip uh austin gunn said this is to pay tribute to their legacy colton said they had all the tag titles except AEW, and they are 10 stars in their heart Giovanni popped Taz when he told Austin Gunn to email his words when cutting, when writing. Email his words written instead of cutting a promo. <laughs> the Guns destroyed their 10-year legacy in 10 minutes. FTR's music hits. But the Guns faked the crowd out, as FTR is still in Japan. The Guns are the new living legends, and Top Guns out. I don't know what this was. Uh, I will say the music kind of got me. I was like, there's no way they're in Japan. I just watched them this morning. Uh, <laughs> but I, I guess we're going guns and FTR still. I mean, FTR just has to lay waste to them, right? At this point. Uh, I mean, I would think so. But I mean, it makes more sense for the guns to have like a to like come out of something with FTR like better. So I don't unless like it's and this is what I was kind of thinking. I even think I said this to you earlier. If the if the FTR are literally going toward April with the intention of just letting their contracts run out and taking a year off, um, then losing the guns on the way out would be a logical ending, you know? So. Yeah, I guess. I, don't, I hope not, man. I just, uh, I, I could see that. I mean, maybe they pick up another win in between then and there's some other, but I don't, you know, as far, as far as angles go, I think that might be their last angle that they do. I can't see them picking something up after that. I just, you know? I don't want, I just, man, I'm going to be upset if they take a year off because that was the best year of their career. Like, it does seem it. ludicrous, right? But if, like, come on, if guys. they can't come to an agreement, I mean, I can tell you what they'll definitely take a year off for. If CM Punk's not back by April, I don't see them sticking around, you know, like. Maybe they just go to Japan for a year. I don't even know about that. More. I think they literally just take a year. I mean, I don't see why Dax would say that if he wasn't going to intention intend to do that. You know, like, yeah, I got, I hope, I hope a month from now we're talking about something different and we know they're back and how Dax on the FTR pod just said, yeah, actually we're going to wrestle for the next five years in a row. Yeah, I really hope so, man. Except for the year they had, it'd be such a shame if they would. I mean, I get it though. It's, it, it's not my, I'm not the one in their boots. So, that's just a selfish fan of me, but um, okay. Best of seven is recapped leading to the match seven in the Escalera de la Muerte next week. Prior to the next match, Tony Schiavone gave condolences to Dustin Rhodes, who lost his mother today, as well as Justin Roberts, whose mother has been ill. Um, Excalibur gave condolences to the family of Don West also. Um, TBS champion Jade Cargill and Red Velvet defeated Sky Blue and Kira Hogan. Um, a Velvet and Blue kind of started the match with some rapid near falls. A little fun stuff to do. Uh, Blue's had a really good week. I think Sky Blue has had a very good week for herself. Um, and a great start to 2023 for her, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, I, she was one of my top rookies. If we had a rookie yeah. of the year, true rookie of the year award that I could have felt like she could have won, then she, I, yeah, she, she got, probably would have been a unanimous winner for both of us. We so. ended up not going that way because, like, eh, it's such a weird thing to quantify rookie of the year. Like, it's so hard to, like, you really have to have had the opportunity to prove yourself. And sometimes not every really good rookie gets that. And I feel like it's unfair to compare some of them to each other. Like, would we have really been able to compare her and Kanosuke? I don't think so. You know, like, yeah. And, Kanosuke is not really debuting, you know, she's much newer. So it's like, what do you, how do you quantify these things? You know, wow. Yeah. And hook and yeah. Um, Blue, she hit a really nice DDT. Cargill then kind of got in the ring. She started beating down Blue to set up our, our match for Battle of the Belts. Um, Cargill starts trashing her own partner, tapped her on the head, seemed insulted when the ref told her that was a legal tag. It was pretty funny. Hogan quickly took Velvet down with a sliding corner drop kick. Velvet fell into the corner. Cargill made the tag, laid out Blue and Hogan with thrust kicks. Choke slam on Hogan, but as she went to the corner, Velvet bailed on her partner. Cargill still wiped out Hogan with a pump kick, sent her to the Shadow Realm. Not as much as we'll get to on Battle of the Belts. This was a really good pump kick, but oh my god, the one later. Um, yeah, so we're setting up... Uh, you know, the former baddies are... Uh, they've they've left the cult. They're against the leader. They want to take her down. So, yeah, I, I think Red Velvet and Jade could be pretty fun. And I like the start we're getting. It's it's a little bit of a slower start again. I expect there'll be a tag match, like them two versus her her and Kira versus uh, like them and, her and Layla at some point. That'll probably happen. And Layla Gray, the last man standing. So, uh, I guess good honor. Hell yeah. Um, hey, make an opportunity for yourself, you know? Yeah. Think about that I, girl. She she was just some wrestler that was on dark, you know, and then she was like probably like, uh, so great, I got to wrestle for a big company like AEW and then got offered to be like a part of Jade's faction. You know what I mean? Like imagine that. You get part of one of the biggest stars faction. That's just cool, you know? Yeah, it's a nice touch for you and, and take advantage of that opportunity. And God, if Red Velvet takes advantage of this opportunity, I mean she could elevate her stock to another level. Because Red Velvet looked really good in her return match. And I still don't I, think Red Velvet's going to be the one to beat Jade. I mean, I'm, you know. If I were to pick right now, I don't think so either. But it, this feud could convince me depending on where we go. Nah, we're, we're going to 50-0. Anyone that thinks anything otherwise in the meantime. Oh, definitely hitting 50. Yes. Full, full, no doubt there. Okay. Our main event. Here we go. Darby Allen defeated Samoa Joe to win the AEW TNT Championship. This was a fantastic main event. Darbington Allen versus Joe from Samoa. Joe from Samoa. This was a fantastic main event. Uh, there wasn't as much time as probably anyone would have hoped. I, I believe I believe at like 9.52 at the entrance start, and I'm like, oh, God. Um, they did get like an extra two minutes, so that was kind of nice. Um, prior to the event, Darby Allen had a really cool video package. He hugged Nick Wayne ringside. The 17-year-old prodigy on Just AEW before Futures that, contract. dude, when he was walking down with the towel on his head, there was this look that came across Darby's face. Like, this emotion overcame him of the moment. Yeah. And it, he, it just made me realize, like, how much Darby Allen loves wrestling. Like, he puts on this persona of, like, not giving a shit and all that sort of, like, sort of, you know, attitude of that that he has, right? The skater thing. But, like... He he really does care about wrestling, and you can tell. Like he puts his fucking heart oh, and soul yeah. into it, and it literally gives up his body for it. So you know, he does. And you know, uh, 
after the entrances, Samoa Joe fucking grab Nick Wayne by the throat. <laughs> Darby yeah, Allen yeah, so I guess that match is going to happen. It's Nick Wayne, guys, seriously, this kid is legit. Uh, if, if you just want to watch one match, go watch him and Swerve. When it was like one of Swerve's first matches after leaving NXT. It's fucking incredible. It's on YouTube. It's free. The, yeah, it's on the, the Defy channel. It. I'll even give him the full promotion for that. It's on Defy. Yeah. You'll find that. Shout out Defy Wrestling. Uh, so this was just so much fun. This was this was an insane pace. Um, Joe went for a muscle buster. Allen slid out, got a roll up. Joe countered into the rear naked choke. Allen countered into a pin attempt for the two. As that happened, Joe pulled the corner buckle pad. Allen tried to float over Stunner, but fell right into the rear naked choke again. Allen hit his chest like Sting, ran Joe head first in the exposed corner, hit a code red, multiple coffin drops, got the victory, the title. The crowd exploded, the confetti poured, Sting came to the ring, lifted mm-hmm. our Allen up. They celebrated with the TNT title. Yeah. To a fantastic ending of the new dynamite with Darby Allen. Your new TNT our champion. New TNT champion, and I One think that question. is a beautiful call. So, I know Joe needed comeuppance and also to be convincingly beat. Did he need the turnbuckle? I always ask these questions. You know, did he need to be thrown to the turnbuckle? Could we not have just had him cleanly win? Like, it just adds know. the brutality of it, right? I mean, I guess it, it kind of lets Joe. You know, Joe, we've seen Joe turn these past few months, and him. You know, I guess being the asshole, trying to rip off the turnbuckle to punish Darby, it came back to fuck him. So and I guess that's I, I, that's what I'm saying. He needed to get like his his just desserts, if you will. But like I just I was just like, did he need that? I don't know. I I sometimes I'm like, is it necessary to do that stuff? I don't. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so Darby Allen is now a two time TNT champion. A lot of people have still, to this day, still think Darby Allen had the best title reign because it's fucking Darby Allen. He's going to be batshit with this. And wow, our champions right now are really fun. MJF, Jamie Hayter, Jade Cargill, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Death Triangle, The Acclaimed, and then the FTW title, which is a non-sanctioned of Hook. We got a fun set of champions. And, you know, Samoa Joe, he had both titles. He didn't need this one. I think Joe holding it, Joe, and we're about to jump into Joe's title reign, but Joe did his job with it, and he put the next Honestly, guy over. Honestly, I'm, I'm sick of this. Oh, he didn't need it. Dude. Did fucking Kenny Omega need the United States title? No. But, like, no. you put a champion on a guy that's going to work. Like, it's what you do. And it, sometimes yeah. it's going to piss people off, and sometimes you're not going to make the right decision of who's going to be champion. You know, or you're going to fuck wish... up the title reign, like with Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. I would feel but... different about this if Joe didn't have the ROH title with him at the same time. So, I just, yeah, the, the Wardlow Should thing, Joe's I mean, title reign have been able to breathe more? 1,000%. Does yeah, that mean... 46 days. Does that mean... Actually, that's not as long, as short as I thought it was. Does it mean that we can't have a short title reign? The Young Bucks held the championship for two weeks last year. You two can weeks. move on. It can happen. Yeah. You can make the wrong call sometimes. And you know what? A 46-day title reign isn't it not necessarily has to be the wrong call. He was just a transitional champion to Darby Allen, who might go on to have a things can change on a dime, right? The acclaimed got hot, and then two weeks later they were champions. That's how it works sometimes. Yeah. So as we like to do here, we're going to jump into his title reign, 
And I, uh, our reactions to these matches are going to be much better than Wardlow's title reign. And it was only 46 days. It was a quarter of the time. Uh, no, it was, about, it was about a third of it. Okay. He wins the title off Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs at full gear. Two weeks later at Dynamite, Samoa Joe defeats A.R. Fox in a pretty fun little match. This was the beginning of our A.R. Fox on our TV a lot more. He then defeats Darby Allen by referee decision the next week in about a 10-minute, 30-second match. That was a fun one. He defeats Wardlow three weeks later at New Year's Smash, which that was the first match Wardlow felt like, okay, we're back. We're back to doing Wardlow things. Samoa Joe picking up a nice dub, and then he lost it here. Wasn't an insanely long title reign. I think it was more of a transitional champ, clearly, 46 days. But I think yeah, now we're set up with... put a button on his with, feud with Wardlow, add some new, something to his return, put a big star that's about to be in a, a TV show, right, the TV show, right, or a movie, whatever, that's the thing, the twisted metal thing, you know. Put some spotlight on Joe, but also, you know, he doesn't need a second championship, you know, like... I could see Darby Allen being a long time, like, multi-reign winner of the TNT championship. This could be like, you know, how some guys were in the day with the X division title and whatnot. And, you know, Darby Allen's forever going to be able to be recognized with this title. And this is just another step in that direction where he's going to be, a, this is his second time winner. I'm very excited to see what he does. If we have just insane Darby Allen, orange Cassidy matches every week going forward, like we did this week, I'm totally cool with this title reign. And I think it'll be, I think it's a good call. I think it's a good call going back to Darby because we kept talking about last year, how great of a year Darby Allen had. He'd always pick up the victories, but sometimes it felt like what he was, if everything Darby was never forgotten. And I, he's always had that in this company. There's never a time going by where you're like, Oh, where's Darby been? It's been a couple months. No, Darby is never forgotten. And he is always featured in something. So yeah, this is this will be fun. The only thing that sucks is now you can't even say Darby is on pay per view, so you can bet on him because now you can't you just can't always bet on him because he's not losing for a while. That's just, a, it's just he just isn't, you know, like except for <laughs> non title matches or something like that, you know. Like, do you have any like any hopes of feuding off the top of your head that you'd like? No, to see I mean I, I don't even want there to be feuds. Just have him wrestle against lots like everybody. Like same thing goes like with Jamie. You don't need him to have storylines with this belt, you know. Like I could see them running the Seattle match. Like I, 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 I see them hit with him in and a Swerve. different way though. I almost don't want him to. I'd, I'd rather Darby just wrestle everybody and like maybe he starts a story That's with somebody before pay per view at some point. But like you could just carry a couple week feuds into this with him, and it's not gonna. You know, we got like ninety seven titles, so we don't have to worry about it. And that, that first few, that's literally what he did. He just wrestled everyone. Uh, so, I mean, any of these matches, if we get him again, it was Brian Cage, Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, John Silver, J.D. Drake, the the really good Matt Hardy match, Jungle Boy, 10. And he should he face Malachi, obviously, you know, like, but I don't think oh, that's yeah. happening anytime soon, but, you know. Could be really good. So, okay, jumping into AEW Rampage. Rampage, uh, baby. And we are well into uh, well over two hours at this point. We told you guys this would be a long one. Long dick pod. <laughs> we kick us off. Brian Danielson and John Moxley defeat Top Flight. Uh, what would you think of this one? Yeah. Our so, action-packed opener. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so but, like both openers for the show, and I guess you could say the openers for all the shows this week were were pretty pretty hot pretty pretty hot fucking starts to the show is because they wanted to keep that momentum rolling um 
I love them trading strikes with the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Darius and Dante. I like them just going in there and being like, no, fuck you. We're going to fight you. Fuck you. Um, something I've mentioned about Dante before is that because he's got that flexibility from being that flippy doopy high flyer guy, he actually makes his submission moves that are done on him look really good with some extra torque, which I like. Um, yeah, there was a uh, something Danielson did. I think it was like the Romero special, or maybe even just the Regal stretch. But whatever it was, whatever he did, I was like, oh yeah, that's some good shit there. Um, there was a hot tag from Dar- from Darius at one point that was super hot. Um, oh dude, he sold the shit into that King Kong lariat, by the way. And uh, then there was a sequence leading into a boost psycho knee that was sick. Yeah, it was just a really good overall match to open up the show. You know, I, I like to see that uh, for, for Rampage, baby. Rampage, baby. Yeah, I love seeing them as a tag. I thought this was a fun match. Top flight, always looking great again. Maybe they're the guys that jump into the Acclaim feud. Even though they They've just lost been building here. them up against the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Blackpool Combat Club haven't been in tag team title ten tag team title championship contendership yet but they might as well have been because they've been in the top of the top uh, claudio's a world champion danielson's working his way into the top five if danielson wasn't facing mjf right now i'd say that would make a lot of sense for for this to be a lead-in for that but um but i don't know we'll see we'll see and yeah so hangman page hanging out in the parking lot some paperwork that clears him for the match with Moxley on Wednesday. That sentence just sounded so correct, by the way. <laughs> I just checked out. <laughs> Page promised to beat Moxley on Wednesday and burn a copy of it on VHS and mail it to his house so he can watch it in his dirty basement with the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. Little tape trading, brother. Little tape. AW Women's Champion Jamie Hayda and Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. The killer and the killer. The Killer of the Pillar defeated the Renegade Twins. According to the Chiron, uh, the Renegades have had three straight tag team victories. The streak, unfortunately, Hell didn't extend yeah. to four. The crowd was super into Jamie Hayter, man. And the Renegades, you know, they played it up. They they trashed Hayter. They tried a double suplex. Hayter reversed it and suplexed both women at once. Baker got in the ring. The crowd chanted DMD. We jumped to a break. Robin then caught Hayter with an enziguri. Got the tag to Charlotte, who hit Hater with a flapjack and Bader with a, uh, Baker with a spine buster. Uh, Fisherman Suplex got a near fall for Charlotte. Baker hit a double underhook Falcon Arrow for a near fall. Charlotte then tried to fight Baker and Hater, but she got hit with elbows yeah, from and the that front. And that sequence we're talking about, she hit some really nice chops, I think, actually. She did. Baker then caught Charlotte with a curb stomp for the pin. I'm glad seeing the Renegade Twins back. I think they're Dude, fantastic. This, was their, this might have been their star-making performance, honestly. because like They, they were fantastic here. They, they did really good, and I, they, they looked like a basically just like a tag team, like a well-oiled machine. They, they looked like a couple of wrestlers out there. I think that's what they've been looking for for them for a little while now, and I think they finally kind of got that. They probably just told them, like, hey, show us what you got, you know, and see we'll see what you got, and we'll put you against two of the, best, the two best women in our division right now, let's just say, you know? Is that, yeah, is that is that is that too far? I think it, I don't think it is. No, it, dude. I mean, the division's getting more and more stacked. It's lovely to see. And I mean, Baker has been, you know, Baker was the gold standard for fucking a couple of years. I felt like so. And now she's the she, fucking plat. Oh wait, that's Max. Eight platinum so, standard. House of Black cut a promo. Malachi Black misses his friend Eddie Kingston, who was a sadistic, violent person. Brody King said they would turn Kingston's eyes black. Julia Hart said the House of Black was there to help him. It seemed like the House of Black was recruiting focus or was recruiting Kingston, shifting their focus from Ortiz. So, okay. 
Uh, Perro Peligroso, Preston Vance, with Jose, defeated Sonico. And Sonico was uh, very popular with the crowd. He beat him in 42 seconds and ripped off his mask. GG. Um, after Dynamite Wednesday, Mike Bennett and the Kingdom interrupted Brene Paquette's interview with new TNT champion Darby Allen, set up the main event here for tonight. Uh, yeah, Bro. yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forgot this match happened. Not that it was bad or anything. I just, I forgot that it happened. And I was like, I remember seeing this match pop up at the beginning of the show when they mentioned it. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, yeah. You're, like, <laughs> you're like, whoa. I was like, Darby Mike Allen. fucking Bennett? Bro. I, I love me some Mike Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darby Allen defeated Mike Bennett to retain the TNT championship. Darby Allen walked out to the ring very slowly, selling the beatdown he took Wednesday to win the title. The crowd was huge behind him. And this is so great for me, too, because like for like weeks now, I we brought up the kingdom jokingly, but I've also mentioned that I like Mike Bennett. And if anyone's been listening to that on this pod for like the last several weeks that whenever we brought up the kingdom, like that has been some payoff for you if you watch this, because I've been saying that. And then this match was was not long, but it was not bad at all. Like it was not bad at all. And I think it served its purpose. Mike Bennett looked fine. This was a first uh, defense for Darby Allen. And yeah, I thought I thought everyone in the kingdom looked fun, even when they, they got their shenanigans. I don't think I've ever seen before in this match. Russian leg sweep off the apron, the 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 drop kick in the chair like that. I don't think I've seen those things before. Like if I haven't myself, at least other people probably have, but I, I hadn't seen those things. And I was like, dude, this is how you take a match that was just randomly on a rampage and turn it into something interesting, you know? Absolutely. And this was a good time. So. Darby Allen's first title defense, pretty solid. Uh, any other notes you had from it before we jump into Battle of the Belts? I thought fucking Avalanche Cove Red. That's yeah. what I have on that. Like, yeah, the one top thing you could say about red, that. Beautiful. And he hit the coffin drop for the pinfall. And that's that was a good luck whoever has to follow that. And they did follow it indeed. That was where we had our acclaimed match, which we've already discussed. We've already discussed our main event. Uh, there was a little Eddie Kingston and Ortiz confused by the House of Black promo from Rampage. Kingston wants to settle this on Rampage next week. Rampage! I'm excited for that. Rampage, be fun. And then, okay. Jade Cargill with Layla Gray. Uh, no Red Velvet here. Took on a defeated Sky of Blue to retain the TBS championship. I thought instantly right away. Blue countered a spinning Uranagi attempt with the Crucifix for a near fall. Um, then Cargill caught her with a forearm that sent her to the floor. She sent her out with a boot. And I thought that was a nice start for Sky Blue. I'm like, all right. Usually people try and like play coy with Jade. Just jump at her, man. Even though she's a big dominant force, jump at her. Like, let's get it going, bro. Um, they go through commercial break. Jade's kind of selling, or uh, Sky Blue's kind of selling the dominance of Jade. That's the you know as we talked about earlier. They gotta sell it for a little bit to then kind of bite back. Um, Jade had some good sh- stare downs with Aubrey, who's had a big week. She shouted at Velvet. Uh, Vel- Velvet uh, made her appearance there. Camera kept pack, panning to her back and forth on the ramp, which I'm okay with. I, I don't mind that. Yeah, um, so. After a break, Blue started him out a comeback. Cargo cut her off with a pump kick that sent her to the Shadow Realm. Um, Velvet then came down to the ring to the corner to cheer on Blue. She slapped she the took, piss out of Layla. Yeah, she, she slapped her really good. Back in the ring, Cargo went for the Jaded, but Blue countered with a roll-up for a near fall. Blue then hit a Code Red for a near fall. She came off the top ropes to try a springboard Rana. Cargill blocked it, and this was a really amazing spot. Flipped Blue onto her shoulders, then into the Jaded for a pinfall. Really great finish, 
in honestly one of the better Cargill matches we've seen in a while. And you know, we've talked about this on our show. Sky Blue is really freaking good. And she got a spotlight here on Battle of the Belts against someone who the spotlight is always on. And I thought she she went out there and had a really good match. Sky Blue is a good baby face that everyone can root for. And I'm looking forward to her year in 2023. And if it starts like this with a fun tag match on Wednesday into a one of the better Jade matches in a long time, because I felt like she actually had some chemistry with Sky Blue and it, it felt good. Um, yeah, this was this was fun. And what a finish. Whoever came up with that, I would love to know who came up with that. Because that, that looked good for both of them. So, yeah, I guess any thoughts? And, and now we're probably moving into Jade and Red Velvet, which is something I'm not going to complain about. I, I love Red Velvet. Yeah, so. it's something we haven't really seen in a Jade, like a super tight, really cool finish like that. It proves that she's kind of starting to figure it out a little bit, um, you know, and I've been... He's an athletic freak. Yeah. So I, I, let's, yeah. let's see more of this. Absolutely. 100%. Stokely Hathaway with... Large William and Lee Moriarty cut a promo on literally my notes is that dude and Jed Hook ahead of their match just pretty much talking shit and then we got some more rampage announcements and then the main event which we've already covered yeah Um, I'm I'm actually kind of hyped for that Ruby and and, uh, Willow street fight dude that's gonna fucking slap that's gonna be good we got some good women's fields right now man looking nice looking nice now look were these results a little predictable of Battle of the Belts sure but I thought this was a really fun night of wrestling and the Portland crowd was fantastic. And I think this might have been my favorite battle of the belts. I think this was the most beginning to end, the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, it just in one sitting. So really good stuff there. Okay, let's talk about next week because they're going all out for LA. John Moxley, Hangman Page, money. Tony Storm and Soraya versus Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Bruh, good stuff. Bruh. Danielson versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Bruh. Meat slappers. Are you kidding me? Meat fest. Large William and Lee Moriarty versus Jungle Boy and Hook. Jungle Hook. All aboard the Jungle Hook Express. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Elite versus Death Triangle in the Escalera de la Muerte for the AW Trios titles. This is the match to win. I have no idea who's winning. I, I don't even have a guess. You can convince me both ways and I'll buy it. Uh, if I had to yeah. guess, Death Triangle retain, but I... exactly, it's really hard. The Jericho Appreciation Society will speak, which got a pop out of Jericho on commentary, which is pretty funny. And then AEW Rampage, we got the street fight and a JAS and Ty Mello versus Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. I'm not kidding you. I'd let that main event. And we got the Eddie and Ortiz versus uh, Kings of the Black Throne match as well. Kings of the Black Throne versus Ortiz and Kingston. And what's going on with that? Good Rampage. Two two feuds that we've been setting up. If you're doing like a fucking GM mode, you know, we've been setting up these feuds. The rivalry levels are getting hot. So uh, they've been, be... You've been booking the promos so you don't lose their stamina the last couple weeks. Exactly. And, you know, and... So... So that that's it for us, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our two and a half. We need hour more show. of those cards that you get in uh, GM mode, though, Tony Khan. What the <laughs> fuck are those? No surprise here that this was our longest show we've ever had because uh, we had a lot to talk about, and you guys knew we weren't going to not talk about Wrestle Kingdom. We had to, and yeah, I uh, hope you enjoyed our coverage. If you stuck around through this whole fucking thing, thank you. 
First of all, seriously. Yeah, you're going to have to chop this down at least a little bit. I mean, don't cut anything out, obviously, but, like, yeah. you know, we figure something. I don't know. I don't know. It's a fucking it's, long, big pod. We, we got a long, a long schlong, baby. But that'll be it for us, guys. Uh, again, Bane Duke on Twitter. The Duke of Derps on Twitch. Uh, what, what oh, yeah. I always forget lately? to plug that every fucking week. I don't know why. <laughs> it's okay. It's, I got you. I got you. Uh uh, any games you got this week that are that are on the agenda? Uh, I've been playing like a lot of Overwatch, some more Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel lately. I was thinking about getting back into uh, maybe some Cold War Zombies or something like that. I don't know, probably not that, but uh, you know, I've been bouncing around sort of multiplayer games, looking at Apex again, possibly Fortnite. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I've been kind of jumping yeah. around. I don't think I'm gonna finish uh, Mass Effect anytime soon, just because like Mass Effect Two was really good, Mass Effect One was really good, but Mass Effect Three is just kind of. It's fucking dog water. I'll just say it, you know. Uh, and oh, that's unfortunate. It's, it's but one and two are good though. But like the first, like ninety five percent of three is great. A lot of the stuff that happens in three, but I just think that um, they couldn't have possibly. It's like I, I was saying this to you earlier. Trilogy is impossible to finish. But um, at the same time, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm looking at what to actually play this week a little bit. I haven't really entirely figured it out, but. Um, I, I might put out a tweet or something. I will see. Yeah, I've been, okay. I've been kind of like Overwatch. I also, I'll put it like this. I got a twenty kill streak in Overwatch last night. So you know, dude. Um, okay. So I don't know if that's actually even good, but I did happen. So I got to imagine it's good. Pass. I mean, I got an achievement for it, so I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if you guys want to check that out, be sure to. Uh, again, our Twitter is Eat Sleep Elite. If you guys want to chat. Send us a question. Send us anything. We're always open. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. If you stayed all the way. Yeah, through, if you want to tell me much. that uh, I suck and that Dave Meltzer knows everything about wrestling and I should go, uh, you know, uh, Melt's God. Yeah. And Melt's then, God. Uh, then, you know, give me your <laughs> Eltzer takes at uh, Eat Sleep Elite. Eat Sleep Elite. <laughs> this is the way. We'll catch you guys next week when we're talking about, hopefully, the debut of Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet.